Wrestling Nerds, Geeks in the Kitchen Sink. It's a podcast about comics, games, sci-fi, horror, pop culture, music, movies, and a few surprises. We keep talking about these surprises and we keep giving them to you. I know. You know that? That's pretty awesome. And I, the biggest surprise is you still haven't memorized them. Listen, I haven't. And my, look, my name is DK. <laughs> and I'm uh, Chris. Yeah. Improve if you feel like it. Yeah. You can't even get that. It's improve if you feel like it. You can't read the thing. You have the list in front of you. All right. Listen, uh, we have some cool guests in the, in the studio today and, uh. I guess you guys want to introduce yourselves. Would that be easier? Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm the loudmouth. I'm Tom Kinder. Um, I'm a, uh, a bladesmith and a uh, longtime friend of Chris's. Absolutely. And uh, the guests from last time, Sean, we're all we're all part of the crew when we were kids. <laughs> and uh, and that I've, is the app, app uh, term crew. Yeah. And I, I've brought along with me my uh, my lovely wife and best friend, and uh, then and Mike Allenson, who's a wonderful man, and. Uh, we also call him Mr. Grand Champion, and he'll tell you why, and they'll introduce themselves. What's here? Hi, I'm Tara Kinder. Uh, I am a cinemaphile and a bibliophile, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hey, you're married to Tom, so we know you're a you know, top-tier person, yeah, because you have to be. Thank you. Very, very patient for yeah. sure. Extremely tolerant. Bor- bordering Satanhood. Sa- did you say Satanhood? Saints. I heard Satanhood. Satanhood. He said Satanhood. Like We're going to hey, listen back. We'll blame you know what? That's canon now. I'm down for whoever you pick. Yeah. And I'm Mike Allenson, the first Sniper Death uh, Grand Champion and a Fortune Fire alumni. I'm also a professional full time swordsmith. And I'm a friend of Tom's. I've known him for a couple of years now. Awesome. Tom was friends with all of us on MySpace, but that was a different Tom. <laughs> a, a long time. time ago yeah, on an internet were you, far, Were you jealous when he got all the friends that you didn't? I mean, I would be. <laughs> no response, really. All right, we're good. All right, Chris. Yes. You did a Joker movie. I did the Joker movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to start with cinematography... That's where the Oscars should come into. Okay. It was good. Had little bits and pieces, but nothing really of canon of the Batman Joker story. Right. I mean, had a couple of hints to things, but past that, this is actually more of a character study than an actual... It, it makes me wonder what the point is. I mean, I like the idea, but what's DC up to? Well, are they going to do more of these, or is this just a hey, we wanted some money, so? Well, I mean, you know, we we kind of discussed that because some of the things, you know, we've seen the trailer for uh, Birds of Prey, which is basically Harley Quinn and a bunch of chicks. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, and Ewan McGregor as an actor who I love. Yeah. Is probably the worst depiction of a Batman character. <laughs> He's more like a 70s pimp than Black Mask, That's who he's supposed to be. actually pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, <laughs> now, if not, not, he came out in like the Huggy Bear costume, then I'd, I'd be all for it. But. Uh, you guys said you saw Zombieland? Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Um, uh, the first one was cheeky and funny, and they kept it going with the second one. The characters grew up a little bit. They'd been surviving. The zombies evolved. Um, I thought they did a good job keeping up with what they had done before and keeping it fresh for the new audience. So I definitely recommend it. Yeah, definitely two thumbs up from us. All right. Was Jesse Eisenberg still scared of clowns? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and it, it, it was it was a thing that they right. had awesome. to deal with. Yes. That, that's worth its weight in gold, right there. Oh, they're, they also, and I I don't really know how in their the, their world they're doing this so well, but maybe the internet's still up or something because everyone seems to know about what happened to Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a great little thing at the end in the end credits that talks about the first day of the plague and Bill Murray kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, it's good fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Just everything we missed in the, you know, the reboot of Ghostbusters. <laughs> hey, I'm an apologist. I like that movie. You calm down. It's fun. You it's also a fun liked, movie. Uh, the Last Jedi too. Look, so. I, there's moments that you can enjoy. There's times I wonder if you're why a we're big friends. Star Wars fan. Yeah, I don't think you can be on a nerd podcast if you like those. I think there's there's moments. <laughs> listen, a shot across the bow. There's moments you can enjoy. I've, I've already said this. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> There's two. It's not there's better than episode seven. Enjoy. It's not better than Rogue One. One of them's when it ended. Oh. <laughs> My feelings. Cross the room, high five. Wow, you guys really nailed that. I'm surprised. That really worked. So, uh, you guys, you said you like movies. Uh, just some personal favorites. Do you have any personal favorites you want to just give a shout out to? Well, we're going to do our list, but we're these are just personal favorites. We're going to do some lists, yeah. But I'm, and, I'm interested and this could be say. anything. Anything that, you know, I know, I have actually thought about this recently, not because of your podcast. I don't know why it happened, but I actually gave some thought to what my all-time favorite movie is. And um, I had to, I wasn't going to pick it, but I have to admit, and I think Chris will have no surprise over this <laughs> one, um, my favorite movie ever of all time has to be The Princess Bride. I, I, I knew that was coming yeah. out off your lips. It's a good choice. I, it's a good choice. Oh, that's an excellent choice. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I, I kind of didn't want to go with it, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, no, I just got to admit it. That's, that's where it is. And, and you know what? I, personally, that's not a guilty pleasure to have that as one movie. of your favorite movies. Not enjoying that movie would be inconceivable. <laughs> oh. I do not think that means what you think it <laughs> No, it does. <laughs> uh, that's a great movie. Do not yeah. use Benetti's defense against me. <laughs> Ah, but I am not left-handed. <laughs> but that that movie's super on brand. You, there's lots of good swords in that. Yes. Lots of good good stuff. Did, did you have? Uh, my two favorite movies are so polar opposite. It's almost hilarious. I love Demolition Man. Love it. And The Power of One. Now, The Power of One is a super serious movie about South Africa during um, World War Two. Like I said, apartheid, you know, all that kind of stuff mm. is coming into play. It's super, super serious, but it it's is good. so it's good. good. And it's got uh, Lady Smith Black Lombaza in it. Okay. And it's got Morgan Freeman. And... Any movie with him in it. Yeah. See, yeah. see, now this is the part. If you want to know names or who did what, and we, she's the one to talk. I have no idea. I'm like, sure. hey, you know that, that guy or that lady? Person? I recognize that I'm person. the same way. I'm yeah. the same way. Things the way happened. They were entertaining. Yeah. People were involved. I, I know the story better than I know the background and yeah. the actors and stuff. That's, so that's, yeah. that's her specialty. That's awesome. All right. That's perfect well, right here because half the time we can't remember. Right. <laughs> Let's skip the obvious Star Wars, Star Trek stuff like that, because we've all seen them all a million times. If we go with what I've watched a lot and really enjoy, it's the old 86 animated Transformers movie oh, and the yes. old oh. animated Hobbit movie. Oh, I love that. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. I just watched it recently. Like a I few have ago. the LP of the Hobbit. Oh. Now, Chris, were you with us? Were you with us? Um, I don't remember if it was maybe it was maybe it was grade school. Maybe it was before I met you. But 
we went to I think it was we went to SIUE and they had a screening of uh, the Lord of the Rings movie where no, did the was animation us. it oh, was, it was a, over the, the animation oh, over over live oh, action yeah, like, yeah. where all no. the hobbits mm. moved like they had, had hip replacements or yeah. something it <laughs> yes. was so creepy though it had, oh, I know. it had such a really neat atmosphere to it I love the masses of like orcs and what with their weapons up in there glimmering oh, yeah. and it was so dark and I, that, I liked that about it. I mean, so different it from really animated good, yeah. and everything well, else you know, And before we went to that, Eric Stone turned me on to that movie. Okay. Because okay. he was the one that, that... And he still today posts scenes and stuff from that... Yeah, that good old Eric. Yeah. yeah. So... That, that movie, I've heard, is... Peter Jackson's biggest inspiration for the actual movie. Oh, really? I heard he, t- he took a lot of the, uh, the... Like, many aspects of that movie. Almost more than the book. Yeah, I mean... A lot of people complained about that movie, legitimately. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of points and a lot of just nuggets from that movie that were just fantastic. Some of the ambiance, some of the some of the things that were just beautiful. It's just the way it worked out. I mean, it didn't all work out, but what did work out worked out great. Well, I think honestly, it mostly works yeah. out. And in some yeah. of the scenes, I mean, they were grotesquely worked out. You know, yeah. they weren't pretty. You know, animation, but. I mean, you got more of a feel on that yeah, it was, than it was necessarily just it was the definitely the a darker mm-hmm. setting than like the cartoons that we were getting at the times with you know the the other set of cartoons, right? Ones, you know, yeah. But it didn't need to be pretty. It kind of needed a little bit. Yeah, of oh, I like that about Star Wars. It was to great it. about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. like you mentioned, Star Wars earlier. Star Wars has a like a lived in old feel to mm-hmm. it. It's yeah. not bright and shiny, which right. is when you think sci-fi. Often, you yeah. get like yeah. these. Well, yeah. Star Trek, perfect example of yeah. that. Everything's mm-hmm. crisp, clean, new. Yes. Someone has just freshly steamed the carpets every exactly. episode. Well, and I think part of the reason why the one-year best TV series of all time, Firefly, mm-hmm. has such a following, because of the fact that it's that, that you know, yes, it's in the future, but you know what? There's going to be war. There's going to be this and that. Right. And it feels it's going to be real, dirty. It it's going to be gritty. Yeah. It feels familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and just, it was, I, I got to agree. Everything about Firefly is brilliant. Which leads us yeah. back Except to November ending. when Mandalorian comes out. Oh, which shut has up. Has a lot of aspect oh, of that. Oh, has that. a lot of aspect of that, that uh, oh. scenery of the, the <laughs> Western space. I There's it. not enough caution to be optimistic about that yet, though. I want it so bad that I don't want to hear about it. I, I don't know. want you to talk about it. I just <laughs> want you to shut up. <laughs> I just don't want them to screw it up. It's in pretty safe hands. We hope. I th- I, we hope. I think for the majority of it, John Favreau's been pretty good with most of his his films when it comes to sci-fi and the. Now, no one can help a remake of a Disney animated movie. I don't care who you are, but... (laughs) I've only seen, like, one of them, and it didn't... I saw Beauty and the Beast, and I was like, "Mm, whatever, I don't need this. It was too close to the original um, cartoon. I liked Cinderella because they deviated a little bit from the original cartoon. Well, see, But Beauty and the Beast was, like, too much exactly. (laughs) No, you asked my daughter if it was too much like the cartoon, and it wasn't enough because there were scenes that they cut that pissed... (laughs) Her off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's got their, uh, their view on Well, and the so thing is, is even like Aladdin, in which I was fine with Aladdin, Aladdin wasn't bad, you know. Um, they went more along the lines of the Broadway play. There were some songs, you know, in kind of more of that feel to it. But, you know, going with the... Now, my daughter, I, I, I'm preparing to have to, should I say... 
Cage, my daughter, when the uh, Ariel movie comes out, <laughs> because that is her favorite movie, and she's already pissed. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I mean, she, you know, she will plan on getting a plane ticket to go out to California and probably, you know, teach some fools what's up. Pull a little Ronda Rousey on them. Educate yeah. them. <laughs> Someone needs to. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to Disney Plus. I, I'm excited for a lot of those things, especially that Mandalorian. And they've already put the list of when they come out, so we'll have the whole eight episodes by the time the year ends. I'm planning my work weeks based yeah. around Mandalorian. <laughs> I think the, the most entertaining thing about the whole Disney buying everything up is just all the absurd things that you can now call Disney princesses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Best thing ever, like... Like the Dr. Like, yeah. <laughs> Number one with a bullet, yes. in my opinion. <laughs> but it, is it really a princess, or would that be a Disney queen? Yeah, that's queen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a queen. Evil queen yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry, I'm just thinking about Tim Curry and how, how much I love him. Everything. I just want to give him a hug. Yeah. Uh, he's done some great stuff. Nothing wrong with it. that at all. I just watched this Tales from the Crypt. Have you guys seen that one? Yes, a long time ago, yeah. but I have. He I plays like three love... roles in it, and yeah. he got. I think he got an Emmy for it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love Tales from the Crypt when I was a kid. I still we actually it. talk oh, yeah. a lot. When, when we were picking our shows, and we'll get to that uh, for, for the list you gave us, we actually talked a lot about those shows, and one of our picks is related to one of those shows. So oh, okay. we'll get to that. Oh, Demon Knight? Well, don't tell we'll me anything. Oh, <laughs> no, that is one of my favorites. Bordello <laughs> of Blood? All right. Don't tell me but this, All right? <laughs> All right. Not telling well, me. that's a good segue. You guys want to go right, right for that? Yeah. Sure, why not? Right. Where do you want to start? We want to do Ghost or Monsters. Well, let's explain what we're doing. Okay. We want to do, to keep in, you know, with the spooky month, October, yes. the month in which we currently reside. Right. <laughs> We wanted to do Which some is more lists. One of our favorites. You yes. know, it could just be October. One December, you know, and then October's. December's all right. But October's the one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wanted Amen. to do some some more spooky stuff. And we wanted to talk about our favorite horror movies, which you did in the last episode, which was a lot of fun. But yes. those are just overall favorites, movies you'd recommend to people. Right. This is a little bit more specific, a little bit more genre specific. And we're going to do favorite ghost movies and favorite monster movies. Top five. Top five. Top five, in, in the interest of keeping it same lengthwise. <laughs> so, um, I on my list, I don't know how you did yours, but I did uh, movies that are more, like, I don't know if I would recommend these to everyone. Maybe if you like a specific thing, but these are just mine. These are the ones that I wanted for me. This is my list. Right. So, if you like them, I, I'm not saying go watch all these right now and then don't come back at me and be like, well, that was weird. <laughs> That's on you. Because generally, that's... that's <laughs> well, my list, that's pretty much the consensus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is weird. Well, I mean, there are I have a couple movies in here that may or may not even be, like, uh, over an overall favorite, but there was an aspect to them mm. that I thought was really interesting and made them worthy. Uh, I like, like that. That's usually the number five spot. You know, yeah. Sure. But um, they're, yeah, we're trying to, we tried to keep it interesting. All right. All that's right. good. You guys want to start? Sure, which one, which list? Uh, what do you have first on your list? Either one is fine. What's on the top of your page? Uh, monster movies. Blue Monster Movies. All right, let's okay. Do sure, the one I don't party. have finished. Um, <laughs> my number five monster movie um, is one of those ones that has an interesting aspect to it. 
And, you know, when you watch a horror movie, one of the, for me, one of the best things about watching horror movies is yelling at the main characters and telling them how they did things wrong. And then talking with your friends afterwards say, see, see, I'd have done this, I'd have done that, and I'd have survived. Right. And that brings me to Brightburn. Oh. oh. Now, I don't know who hasn't seen it, but, you know, the theory of, like, a Superman character as a kid flipping to a bad seed with absolutely no human emotion and no sympathy whatsoever and deciding to kill her. There's nothing you can do. We, we talked about this, and we, we theorized, and we theorized, oh, we could have done this, we could have done that. No, not really. <laughs> There's nothing to do. So it kind of wrecks the horror, that, that aspect of horror right. movies. But it's also it's kind of really interesting that way. And I don't know if I would really say it was one of the great all-time horror movies, but I think because of its departure from the norm in this way, and just the bleakness of it all and the desperation... I think it ranks. I think it's got some chops that are worth respect because of that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty super cool. cool. Yeah, that's yeah. a cool choice. I haven't and, seen it yet. And honestly, that, it wouldn't have been, you know, oh, it's awesome. We, uh, yeah, I said we've got to watch it. I will wait. I will but, see. Uh, um, you know, it's not one, he is an alien, so yes, he's a monster. I wouldn't have really normally, you know, caught I, that right off the off the bat on mine. But, I'm being a little creative what I call Hey, monsters. that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> it's not human. It's a monster. Yeah, I, didn't want to stick, I didn't want to stick... I didn't want to do five Godzilla movies. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> well, look, I wanted to, but... Yeah. Well, no, yeah, I know. But I, I thought it'd be a little more creative than that. All right. Next victim. All right, so monster movies. Uh, my uh, number five monster movie pick is an old one. Um... Jennifer Connelly in Creepers. Now, mm. this movie has had several different names. Yes. Because it keeps being rebranded. I love this movie. Oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> I love this movie. And it's, if you have bug phobias, don't watch it. <laughs> Wait, but if you have Donald Pleasant's phobia, yeah. uh, also don't watch it because he's the best in this movie. But, oh my God, it's so creepy. And the whole idea of her being akin to the bugs and following the blood fly and oh <laughs> now what's the original title uh is it Fant- phantasm uh, phantasma something, phantasma something like that now yeah. i've seen that movie i've never seen creepers but i know it's the same movie yeah it, it like i said it's been rebranded a couple different times apparently creepers three different names. apparently creepers just has a couple things cut out i mean yeah. that's yeah. that's what i've heard yeah. i also love that movie I oh, I didn't it. know they did that with that movie. I, I, I mean, There's I was, a couple of movies I'm from the 80s. I'm familiar with the movie, but I, I didn't realize that they had rebranded it. It was just minor changes. interesting. Yeah. Why not? Re-release it, new title, make some more money. Right. <laughs> Apparently it did poorly in some other place, and they said, oh, well, we'll change it. We'll change the name, and we'll do this to it, and then people won't know, and they'll be fooled, and we'll get their money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll take their feedback and change one thing. Yeah. That's a great choice, by the way. My list isn't in actual list form of this is top, this is not. And well, you've had, what, five hours or five n- minutes to figure it out? <laughs> not even that, really. Yeah. Uh, I've got more than enough. I like a lot of movies. I'm predominantly a fan of, you know, slasher stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. monster movies, it wouldn't be complete without any of the original not necessarily the new ones because they were bad but the alien series of movies yeah Yeah. great. i mean it the first one's pretty quintessential monster horror survival and well if you are 
spoiled by the chestburster scene after all these years. I don't know what to tell you, but that's that's pretty iconic yeah, for horror movies. Yes, spaceballs. Yeah. Yeah. God. But no, the first the first Alien is Alien is the best of those movies in my opinion. I agree oh, yeah. a thousand percent yeah. with you. Yes, yeah. you're right. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna argue with both to, of you. I like the them all second degree, one, but the first one was my favorite by far. The second one's fine. It was fine. It was good. Yeah. It was good. They're doing a TV series too. I heard recently they? that they're doing really? a TV series. Um, Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't I feel got, like I a big I alien yeah. fan. I think unless it's that. like on, on uh, you know, it needs to be on like HBO or HBO. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> For it to be quite effective. Yeah. If there's a couple cameos of Sigourney Weaver in there, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it me then? Yep. It's you. Yep. All right. Well, mine is a little Netflix movie from I think last year, the year before. I'm not sure. Have you guys seen The Ritual? I don't know. It's a Scandinavian it's... cult monster movie. Yes, Ooh. I have. Yes. I the monster was super interesting looking. The, but the, the best bit about it was that the interpersonal relationships and the, there's a there's a thing that happens at the beginning that the characters are dealing with for the rest of the movie. Oh. And, it, and it sort of colors the rest of the thing. And he's, this guy's having these visions about it. And then all the horror of the monster cult on top of that. It's a crazy monster, like I said. It's a pretty great movie. Some guys go hiking in the woods in Scandinavia, and uh, they come across some stuff they weren't uh, prepared for. That's about it. That's a pretty common thing in uh, that genre movie. Yeah. And they're all really, really because horrible and amazing. Because the woods are unknown and scary. <laughs> That's why I don't go in them. Well, don't go in the Scandinavian woods. No. Yeah. You might run into death metal bands. You're right. <laughs> Filming a video. Well, and from the woods of Scandinavia to the woods of London... Mm. An American Werewolf. Oh, Werewolf classic! London. American Werewolf oh. in London. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Tom Cruise movie. No, no, man. Thank you. No Tom Cruise. No, I think the original was, you know, way better, obviously, than the Paris spinoff one. Oh yeah. And oh, um, my, oh my god. I mean, really, it just that whole creature, modern day creature film. I think that kind of propelled. Especially some of the special the effects. The special effects are dynamite yeah. for that movie. Yeah, Amazing. So. That's my number five. Okay, so I guess it's back to me. Okay, so here we are. Uh, we were talking about the old uh, TV shows. I actually picked um, the Tales from the Dark Side movie. Oh, right. Yes. You know, with the, the, the college money yeah. and yeah. The, uh, the cat and the hitman the cat, episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then the gargoyle wife. And, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah. I, I really liked the gargoyle wife because it was... Such a classic. It was actually like more like a fairy tale. Uh, one one of the big um, things about a lot of old fairy tales was that you you can't acknowledge you know the fairies. You can't talk about them. You know they have to be secret. You know, and the whole keeping the secret was the thing. So and it's an old classic, and it, it's neat. You know, and and it's it's a nod back to the old the Twilight Zone, the Tales from the Dark Side, all those and. It was funny because, like, while we were while we were going through, we actually rewatched some of these movies yeah. to be more familiar with them. And our kids, we ended up explaining to our kids what these old shows were about, and they're like, "The what? They did the what? <laughs> Tell from where?" And we're like, "Oh man, guys, yeah. you missed one of the." It's just the, like you're I mean, holding your hand. You, you missed oh. the you missed the Twilight Zone and Tales from the Dark Side and Outer Limits and. They were such great old night gallery. Yes, old gallery. They had great shows. You know, it really, really kind of defined an era. You mm -hmm. know, 
And amazing stories. The amazing stories. Yeah, they were all so good. And so now... It makes you feel terribly old when they a, don't know kind what of they a nod, are, though. Kind of a nod to the era that is no more. That yeah. was, was really good, though. It was one of the first horror movies I ever had on VHS. I broke that nice. tape. I watched it so many times. Yeah, I you it. watched it to death? Yes, I did. Nice. Nice. Okay, so my number four is a movie called Innocent Blood from, I think, 1990 or 1992. Um, it's uh, a vampire story where you get bit and you get turned into a vampire. And we're following this female vampire who shoots her victims with a shotgun after she's fed so that they don't turn. And she accidentally turns a mob boss who then turns his mob into vampires. And so it's got all the classic mobster characters and mobster <laughs> actors from the 90s with vampires. <laughs> well, sticking with my no particular order and vampires that were just mentioned, the uh, the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula. Oh, I, oh. air high five from here, please. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> that was a good, what, 10 feet almost. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe we did it's that. It's like those little sound cannons. <laughs> so, I guess that's up to you. Gary Oldman's my... One of my favorite Draculas. I don't know. It's debatable, but Gary, Scary Gary's my yeah. man. Oh, uh, he did a great job in no. that movie. That so was, good. That was yeah. It was really good. Also, they the, poo-poo it so bad. Though, they shouldn't because they're wrong. They, yeah, I know. they are wrong. It's Sorry, okay. it's a little they're sexy. They're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought well, the Keanu people Reeves is did the problem. complain about it yeah. being too sexy with the 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 scene with him and the three vampires. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. know, when you look at the original novel. And the reaction it got when it was written and published is it was scandalous. It was oh, yeah. sexy oh, yeah. then. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is this is too bawdry. This this is too sexy. It's too hot for Well, Bram Stoker has that. I just watched Lyra of the White Worm. And that's a Bram Stoker one as well. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd never seen it before. That should be on this list, but I've been put on this list. I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it. You guys... Have to watch. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. We had a huge discussion wild. at the store about this. The yes. Other day. Good lord. Anyway, that's a good choice. Yeah. My number four is one. I'd be surprised if other people had seen it, but I hope that you have. Uh, it's called From the Dark. It is fairly recent. It is an Irish vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Funny that we're all talking about vampires, and mine were in order, so that's weird that you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love um, vampire movies. This is a, this is a super good one, and you should check it out if you can find it. I want to say it's like maybe 2014 or something. Um, there's a farmer just like plowing his field, and then he he's digging a little too deep, I guess, and he hits a box. Oh, what's in the box? A vampire. It's, what's in the box? It's not just that. Don't finish that <laughs> answer. You get in trouble. Uh, it's a creature, and some people are then driving down the road, and then get a flat. What do we do? We go to a nearby farmhouse. What's at the farmhouse? Oh no, it's this horrible creature, man. Uh, and it just goes from there. It's just your fun, average, you know, survival. There's a vampire thing. It doesn't like light, so they use light against it. It's just a fun movie that is sort of underloved and underseen. And I really think it deserves some attention. And I had such a fun time with it. It was just so much fun to watch that movie. So, yes, that's I fully recommend that movie. You know, that's, uh, that's yeah. really what I'm looking for in monster movies is the best monsters out there stuff. I want I want to have fun, you know? Yeah. It's much less about being scared than it is about having fun. Absolutely. I need yeah. both, but this one was definitely yeah. the fun yeah. category. Fun is, fun is definitely a higher priority. Now, if we're gonna, when we talk ghost stories, scary will be a, yes. high, a little bit higher rank. Yeah. But yes. for, for monster movies, they got to be campy yeah. and fun. So, and, from the dark. Watch it. From the dark. Speaking of fun, my number four 
And and this is yet one that's kind of borderline. I know I did it again. Fix your phone, my I dude. Know. <laughs> anyway, uh, kind of borderline monster, but the OG Evil Dead. Oh, oh yeah. You're speaking, you are avoiding that one. You're speaking my language. Unfortunately, uh, that was a consideration on my list. I might have to change things up a bit. I don't, uh, I don't think of it as a monster movie, though. Uh, well, I mean... You can, it's fine. Yes and no. Demon-possessed people. I was yeah. saying, you know, if you... Deadites are monsters. Yeah, deadites yeah. are monsters. Yes. I guess when you say it like that. Yeah, see? Well, then you... I have the crowd. Yeah. I'm German. I'm going with large okay. crowds. Okay. Well, I need to change my whole list to just be Evil Dead all the way. <laughs> well, that's why I knew <laughs> I knew you wouldn't put it on there, so that's why I put it on mine. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, let's just agree that out of all of them, Army of Darkness is the best. I don't know. I go back and forth. Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, I've gotten to the point where I just consider them one. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. It's just a continuation. Yeah. But Like the original one, the original Evil Dead, though, that was just too badly made and they had to make it over again has a certain real charm to it oh yeah it yeah, absolutely it does, does. You know, and I it's mean, one of those modern remakes that I think really works yeah. I think the remake nails it love it and speaking of modern remakes and this is almost made it to our list but I think it deserves a special mention because um, you know remakes are so often terrible and yes. they don't work at all um, but I think one of the best remakes we've ever seen was the more recent remake of Fright Night you like that one a lot? I did. I like that one a lot. I like it. Yeah. I don't think it's better than the original by any yeah. means. But it's, it's not. Well, that's what makes it good. It's, it's so different. The remake doesn't yeah. need to be better. In fact, maybe even shouldn't be better, strictly speaking. But it needs to It needs to be updated. And it needs to work with the modern crowd as well as the old one worked with its crowd. And I think they do that. With Still kind of hold the, the spirit the, of the uh, movie. But the, yeah. I've heard that the official word is a, a, a good remake should be... You should be able to double feature it with the original, and then both be perfectly good. Work together. I can, I can, and I can yeah. see yeah. that with this. I can and I agree with you. We yeah. actually did double feature it. We showed the original to the boys, yeah. to my sons, and they were younger at the time, so it was like an early horror movie for them. And then we watched the remake afterwards because we had heard that it was a little more adult. Yeah. It was a little more yeah. adult than the original. So our boys, who I think were like 10 and... So, Seven at the yeah. time watched the original. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, number three. Number three. Okay, so um <laughs> Uh oh. Um this 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 movie got <laughs> a lot of flack from people, uh, and almost almost disappeared with it completely within a day or two of its being released. Halloween it, almost <laughs> it almost completely failed. And then it kind of got saved at the last minute, but it never did good. And it's, I'm, it's such a shame because I read the book when the book first came out, and I. I <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's worse than I thought. <laughs> I mean, I, I like their take on zombies. I like what they did with them. Um, I like the the how this how they made the zombie world work for their story. And I love that they kept a lot of the original Pride and Prejudice text in place. You, you, I, that's surprising, isn't you it? You know. And it, it worked really well in a lot of the scenes. They did a fantastic job of, of keeping the original alive, but yet making it something entirely different. And I loved it, and a lot of people hated it, and there's a lot of people in the world who are wrong. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. I, I love a the lot concept. Of people are wrong. I think it's a concept they should keep going. There should be a series. There, there is a series of books. Of books. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, Sense oh. and Sensibilities and Sea Monsters. That's hilarious. And, <laughs> and, like, yeah, they've done them all. And, 
And I mean, not only are Jane, not only have Jane Austen uh, books in general just really do need to be mocked. I mean, I mean, People take them too seriously. Stone Cold yeah. Jane Austen. I mean, no one, no one knows. And the big thing is, no one really understands what she was trying to write anyway. You know, like like Pride and Prejudice was not a. It's not a romance. And all the girls in high school, oh, it's so romantic. Mr. Darcy. And, yeah, and even the teachers, and even our teachers were all up on it like oh, that. Yeah. But it's a satire. It's making fun of the uh, the social structures of the time and trying to change them because the writer was um, herself affected by them negatively. Right. And, you know, but that's a whole other story. But so Watch no Becoming one, Jane Austen yeah, if you no want one, to No one understands what the story's about. They, the people that don't understand it make it suck worse than it sucks anyway. <laughs> and it's all awful and horrible until you put zombies in it. Once you got zombies, it's great. <laughs> Sounds like we need a Romeo and Juliet and zombies then. Yeah, something. Or, or something. Vampires. 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 How about vampires, vampires and Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to yeah. predict a number one spot for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, I think. Yeah. I got a feeling. So I got a feeling. <laughs> it's certainly an honorable mention. I'm not going to say mention. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> But it's not on my list. All right. No. All right. My number three is Let the Right One In. The Swedish version, not Let yes. Me In, which was the American version. You gotta watch the Swedish version. Um, because the vampire in that one is so cold. Kind of like the Breitbart, or right. Brightburn character. She has no empathy. But she knows she has to have somebody to protect her. So she latches on and she gets oh. a, she gets a yeah. symbiotic relationship with a human so that she can feed. But other than that, she has no empathy whatsoever. Yeah. And it is hilarious and scary and fun. That movie was high on my it list. It was recently of, on yeah, one of my list, too. Yes, love it. Yes, on love it. list of love all it. time. Yes. I haven't thought of that in a while, but yeah, that was a good movie. I watched that on, I think, Netflix a few years yeah. ago. I okay. think it's actually still on there, isn't it? I don't know. No I idea. Yeah, I saw it was on Hulu. So Blu-ray Master Race. Yeah. Well, I haven't pirated anybody else's hulu account yet so i couldn't tell you one way or the other uh let's... that never happens we thought <laughs> no it's not like we share all of our accounts amongst all our friends or anything chris i'm calling the cops shut it down <laughs> <laughs> huh well all right we know you're in there <laughs> out of my hypothetical pile of things i threw on a list here i'm torn i'll do an honorable mention and say you know the predator movies they're fun you know he's a monster it works but dead snow because oh, cool. yeah. Nazi zombies and yeah, gold bars and Swedish wastelands, you know, fit with the theme. That's a great one. I love that movie. So, you know, everybody well, talks fun. highly about Sweden, but we have like terror in the Swedish woods, <laughs> Swedish yeah. wastelands. Wait, is that I mean, a big terror in the Swedish Sweden. woods? <laughs> that sounds awesome. Can, I don't know what that is, but can we make that? <laughs> it must be done. It. Let's do it like make a comic book or something. There you that's go. amazing. Wow. Anyway, that's a great that's a great choice of copyright. Yeah, we do, <laughs> we totally we mailed it to ourselves, yeah. so forget it. All right. My number 3. Silver Bullet. Very good werewolf movie. Very That's good a werewolf Stephen movie. King. It's little yes. Stevie King. Yeah, it's writing been his little stories. Since I've seen it, but yes. I did read huh. the story. For me, I think it's like the ultimate werewolf story. 
It's you might look at it and go, oh, it's just like another werewolf story. But that's what I like about it because a lot of the werewolf things I see, they try to put some twist on it to make it interesting, or they do like the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro, and there's too much horrible CG and it's awful. <laughs> Silver Bullet is so perfect. It's it's such a fun movie. It, again, it's a fun monster movie. Uh, the characters are lovable. The uh, the effects are excellent, uh, especially for the time. Um, it's it's just got so many little twists and turns and little fun little bits you can just love forever. It's a great movie, guys. Well, that's at the time it's that he was rolling movie. out quite a few, you know, Salem's Lot and you know a few mm. of those other movies that were right there along the lines sure. of different in Freak Show. Quanti- yeah, Creep Show. Creep Show. Creep Show. Yes. Yeah. Big that, fan. That yes. was oh. big fan. <laughs> <laughs> that the one that he's in is one of my favorite parts. It's so of good. Yeah. The meteor. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I guess I'm on my number three. And with addition to my love of flamethrowers, uh, my number three is The Thing. Knew it. Uh, <laughs> oh. Do you know, I recently heard something about The Thing, that if they, they didn't translate the first couple lines of the movie, if they had, it would ruin the whole movie because the the people or, or, who are speaking, well, whatever language it was, Swedish Norwegian. or Norwegian, Norwegian, Norwegian yeah. we're might as well actually be Swedish, saying, yeah, it might as well be Swedish. We're actually saying, that's not a dog, it's a monster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what you knew. notice, they don't put subtitles on it. No. Yeah, they, they, yeah, don't. they don't because put subtitles on it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's funny. Oh, that, that's a terrifying movie. That thing gave me nightmares. Oh. <laughs> what test scene? Are you kidding me? Forget it. I'm done. Well, and I mean, if you watch Stranger Things, they had a little nod to the thing creature. Yep. Mm-hmm. They sure mm-hmm. did. That last season three is yes. basically the thing meets Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Might have to do a hard that's a good show on too, that. Yeah. Me- me- meets the Cold War, yeah. Yep. Okay, so I guess uh, we're doing number Top two, two. Top two. All right. right. Um... So, I, I'm just having more fun with this. Um, what happens if you're in England and a construction zoo, un, a construction team unearths zombies? Is this Cockneys versus Zombies? Cockneys versus Zombies! <laughs> yes. yes, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I love the depth of the characters. You know, I mean, at first it seems like it's going to be really shallow and just a cheesy romp. And it kind of is. <laughs> but um, you know the old the old the old folks that they're trying to save the old folks home. You know, a lot of them are uh, are war veterans. You know, and that comes out when the zombies come. And you know, and then the kids are are more than just you know criminal punks. And you know, it's I don't know, I I really enjoyed the movie. And you know, you got to just love that song at the end too. We're going head to, to head, head with, with the undead. <laughs> we really need the friends. As far as monster movies go, it's so much fun. And I've shown it to some, lots of people, and I've always enjoyed it. So, yeah. That's a good choice, for sure. Okay, my number two is probably one of the most scariest. I know, another vampire movie. I'm a vampire movie person. I don't like monster <laughs> movies. Um, but the scariest vampire movie I've ever seen in my life 30 Days of Night. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, good call. <laughs> Super fun. I, I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Just the fact that you can't get out of, you know, There's nothing you can't do. use the daylight I'm talking at about all, nothing you, know. you can do. I mean, that exactly. really, yeah. yeah. Oh, what? It's dark now. Sucks to be you. Yeah. <laughs> well, my number two. It hits all the monsters, all the right buttons with it, but it's fun and not really scary. Ben Helsing. Nope. Don't give me that look. Hard pass. Hey, Don't I give me that, that look. Hugh Jackman can fa- cannot fail. That was the first movie I ever took my girlfriend, now wife, on a date to. 
And it almost wasn't a second and, date. And it almost wasn't a second date. <laughs> because because that movie was so bad. Now, we see, hate, we both could, hated it. Okay, wait. We bonded over hating this. it. Hold on. Rewind this. At least you had that. Do his Just, intro and then say Monster Squad. Oh, well, then. Oh, no. Monster Squad is awful. <laughs> wait, no. what? Oh. What? Oh. You guys don't like Monster watching. Squad? I tried watching it with my kids just a couple months ago, and they even said, turn it off, Mom. What? (laughs) First of all, I think we just got thrown out. Dracula bitch slaps a guy. That's amazing. Number two, Wolfman's got an art. You guys. Oh, sorry. Mm -mm. I had to throw that in there. Yeah. Is it me? It's you. All right. Well, look, my number two is the thing. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Why did I know? Even on a short list, you would have one that I had on. So good. All right. My number two. Um, this movie, other than The Exorcist, mm. which is a different genre um, of creature. No, it's horror. I know that. Don't look at me that way. Sub-genre. Anyway. <laughs> Hellraiser. She's kind of monstrous. Oh, oh, we talked about that one. Yeah, we I almost we it almost landed on. I don't count that as yeah. a monster movie, but I also don't count it as a ghost movie. What the hell are the Cenobites? They're like he's demons, the demons. Right? demons. He's the high yeah. priest of hell. Well, I but guess. technically, I they're, they're they're created by demons. These people. Oh, so oh, I guess Uncle Frank's a monster. Yeah. I can go with monsters. Go, I can, yeah, I can I, see that. I, I can accept them. I mean, we have Chatterbox, and so you know some of the some of the other. Uh, and there's no doubt it's a classic. Oh, I know. Absolutely I mean, iconic. No doubt about it. Literally, that movie is still right there that gives me that. The special effects don't survive. The blood is pink. <laughs> I showed it to my 10-year-old. He laughed through the whole thing. It's like, talk- I was a kid. Have we talked about this on the podcast? The, all I can think about when I think about Hellraiser is that guy in his droopy underwear. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can th- I just pops into my head and I'm like, well, there's yeah. that again. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, once it started getting like further down the storyline and starting, you know, after three, coming, yeah, I'm pretty much done. You know, it was jumping the shark early. But, Although uh, there's stuff to a lot of the other ones. Yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, if you, if you like creatures, I mean, not all special effects have to be great. But if you like good because they're creation, not. Yeah, I know they're not. <laughs> they just they have to work. They though. yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be great. But they do have to. Work. Right. Right. Sure. But. That's my number two. So, number one. Number one. Well, um, I am a Bruce Campbell fan. Oh, boy, you're talking my language. But, Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. My number one is Bubba Hotep. Love that movie so much. Love <laughs> yes. it. Yep. And Bubba Hotep comes out of that river, he's going to be hungry and pissed. <laughs> uh, and we watched it once and we loved it, and then we couldn't find it forever. Oh, yeah, like, it no was. one has it. We finally got a copy of it again a couple months ago, and... Just I watched it all, all over again and just loved it all over again. It was just so, so much fun. Cleopatra does the nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. And there's supposed to be a sequel that Bruce Campbell apparently was like, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm Bruce. too old. He's like, yeah. he's too old. Are you too old to play old Elvis? <laughs> no, hold on. Hold on. Bruce, no. Hold on, though. Let's, you know. It's Bubba Nosferatu, by the way. That, yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's a comic you can read that's yeah. great. Okay, I don't know. I just I just don't see it as needing a sequel. But it doesn't need one. The comic's no. already out. I don't know. I think uh, that's really what Bruce was saying. Like, yeah. look, we already yeah. made a good one. Let's not go. Yeah. Back. Let's not ruin it. 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 was it was good. It was great fun. But how much of it can there really be? Yeah. Right. You know? Also, it's, Rip yeah. Ossie Davis. He was amazing in that movie. And knowing when to stop is in is an important virtue. Oh, of course. That they don't have. A lot of these 
Please don't. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce did. Bruce did. Bruce did. All right. My number one is a tip of the hat to everyone. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I know a lot of people didn't like it because it didn't follow a comic book, but it introduced people to the portrait of Dorian Gray, yep. Dracula again, the Invisible Man, which is one of my favorites. I didn't see him in that Mr. movie. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> even, even the concept of an adult Tom Sawyer, which there are more books of, where he does become a marshal. So that is true to the books. So I really liked it. I thought it was a good introduction for everybody into the classics. Kind of like Van Helsing, and I think Van Helsing actually did as badly as it did, not because it was a bad movie, but because it was coming in after League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which already got bad press. Hmm. League is a movie that I would call a guilty pleasure. I love Sean I Connery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I watched that movie a bunch. Yeah. But did you know that Connery skipped being in Lord of the Rings to be in that movie instead? No. I think he made yes. the right yeah. choice. <laughs> who, would, who would Connery have been in Lord of the Rings? Saruman. It was Saruman. Oh, was he it was Saruman. Saruman. Yeah. Really? No, Christopher Lee all the no, way. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it probably oh, yeah. worked out for the best. I can't but. have an opinion on that because I love them both so much. I, I do too, but yeah, Christopher Lee was. Yeah. That was the right uh, Totally the best. Well, I mean, Christopher Lee, you heard the story. He breaks out every year, or every year he broke out the novels and read them. Well, and he was cousins. Was wasn't, he, he, wasn't he cousins with? Uh, there was some kind of. He with, had some no, kind of. Was it Tolkien or was it Ian Fleming? One of those. He's cousins yeah. with somebody. No, Ian Fleming. Was it Ian Fleming? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And he's descendant of Charlemagne. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he was. He was. He was just a a man of bad assery on oh, so mm-hmm. many levels. Oh yeah. yeah. So a, many his real stories. Life, his real life. I mean, I mean, in the military. The, I know they had. A, there was a story. Was on a set, and they said, "Imagine the sound a man makes when he's stabbed in the back with a knife." And, I don't need Me to too. imagine this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was like, huh? I know what this sounds like. You don't and need to a, tell he has me. Yeah. Let me he talks it. about rapey as a rapier, and he talks about how everyone thinks this is a light little swishy weapon, and that's not what it is. And I'm like, I love you, Christopher Lee. Thank you. Yeah, it's something yeah. I, you know, the whole rapier thing is something I've been trying to teach people forever, and no one wants to hear it. But anyway. the Lords of Acid even have a song about Christopher Lee. <laughs> Which one's about him? Um, and I uh, want to go see uh, monster movies with Christopher Lee. It's a oh, one okay, their yeah. side song. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know he was in a metal band, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just, uh, and he an old man, man too. What is the song? Yes. Like, Blood of the Saxon Man? I, yes. I shed the blood of the Saxon Man. Yeah. I don't know. It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's a hero. He's a hero. He's a hero of yeah. mine. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. should be. He and should be. since we're talking about Christopher Lee, tip of the hat to Wicker Man, mm-hmm. the original. Yes. Don't watch. No, no you should no. watch the Nicolas Cage one because no. it's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't watch it because it's laugh. good. Watch it because yeah. it's hysterical. Yes. There you go. I think that's a good segue to the last thing on my list. Things that are sad and make you laugh. Resident Evil. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Sad, yes. Yeah. But... It's a guilty pleasure. I watched all of them with my fiance because she doesn't really like horror movies. And another one that's on my ghost list, I might have uh, made her jump three feet straight off the couch and nearly piss herself. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, so she didn't really trust me. So I had to go with lighter, easier things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right, but right. for the fond memories of sitting there and watching them with her, at least it has to be on the list. I understand that. I do. Absolutely. I would respect that for yep. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, my number one, uh, 
is a movie I saw as a kid and loved, and I just told all my friends about it, and they would just yell at me to stop talking about it, so I finally had to stop <laughs> talking about it, but now I'm just taking the cork off of that, and I'm going to talk about it. It's a little movie called Pumpkinhead. Oh! <laughs> oh, I love that movie. My okay. father loved that yes. movie. I totally forgot about I that. I went through the list yeah. and I knew someone uh, was going to bring and I knew it know, was going to be you. It's well, so weird. Good. I, I totally didn't even think about it. But yeah. I did. Yeah. It's <laughs> such, for me, it's like the perfect monster movie. You have a little bit of a reason for everything. The dad's full of grief and he wants to get revenge. And there's this amazing like mythos about that you do this ritual and you get the monster yeah. to come. I love the monster effects. I love uh, everybody in that movie is really good. The effects are awesome. And also, Army of Darkness is probably my favorite movie ever. Uh, Pumpkinhead, good call. Pumpkinhead looks like Army of Darkness. For me, they're sort of in the same universe. And in fact, I believe that the Necronomicon is visible in one of the shots. They, that the prop, the prop master put it in the movie. Oh, uh, that's so, cool. so I, I, in my head, shared canon, universe canon confirmed. Definitely, Pumpkinhead is in Evil, Evil Dead. Uh, Pumpkinhead's a dead eye, basically. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, th that movie is so fond for me. I just and the sequels are fine, whatever. They're fun, but they're not. They're not as they're good. Not um, but Pumpkinhead, just everything about it. I want to give that movie a hug. <laughs> I'm sure it wants to give you one too. It does. And then I, eat you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number one. There's not a lot of monster seen in this movie, but it is always present. One of my favorite ones, The Mist. Oh, oh okay. that's a super yes. downer. <laughs> that's that's fun. One yeah. of the most horrible endings that you know that could happen in a movie. Tragic, terrible, oh soul-crushing ending. Yeah. Yes, but I mean the whole thing revolved around a monster you barely saw. Mm -hmm. Right, and it, it. I think it, I might have seen it, but it was so. so I mean, yeah, you see. I mean. There's bits and pieces of the monster itself you see, and you see, so you see shadows of the, I mean, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and then big parts of it, you see the shadows of the creature itself. Well, there's more, it's a bunch of creatures. Right, right, yeah. right. But I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying in general, you see features and stuff. I like went on a real tear for that for that movie and book a, a couple years ago. Uh, well, like 10 years ago. Because it's based, uh, there, so there's a game Half-Life. You play, ever play Half-Life? Yeah. Anybody Half-Life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The original Half-Life is sort of based on the, the book. The, it's a short story, The Mist. And I just fell in love with that concept. And like in my head, it's all together. So it's all mixed right. in with the Half-Life <laughs> universe. And I just, yeah, I loved it. The movie is a real downer. It's changed from the story. Right. And uh, I, I think that the, the movie probably is more effective than the book. Yeah. To be honest. That's a great choice. Did you watch the TV show? The Mist? Yeah. Did you know there was one? No, there I didn't know there show. was a TV yeah. show. Is it just as soul-crushingly sad? I didn't watch it. I, don't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't either. I don't know. <laughs> I, was a little, I was a little nervous. Yeah. Well, because I love the original so much, and then I was like, oh, I don't know if I need this. I mean, how can you And do I don't that know if they're going to ruin it or the, not. Yeah. Reviews are pretty good for the show, but I have not watched it. It sounds similar, but I don't think I've actually seen it. Yeah. I've had Worth some it. honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I had Aliens, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. um, me, as in, I'm enthralled in the visual of monsters. Pan Labyrinth has got to be oh, yeah. one of my Love visually, it. you know, mm -hmm. top tier movies when it comes to that. And another one, it's a little odd. It's animated. It's Monster House. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Love we, that one. We love that one. That's a cute one. movie. Yeah. yeah. And no, I mean, just the, just no. the fact that the story they had Get with it, yeah, and then just the <laughs> house itself. I mean, you know, that concept of the house itself being alive and and, yeah. and why it was alive, and 
It's pretty Just nice. some of the mean. No, that's a good one for sure. We we definitely agree with you on that. One. Yeah. So, those were my honorable mentions. I had American Werewolf in London as an honorable mention. Yeah. And I yeah. guess all the Evil Dead movies. So they right. should well, be top yeah. three, right. baby. <laughs> right. You should just say top five that are not the yes, Evil Dead movies. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what he went for because otherwise it would have been you know it would have been all checking all the boxes Evil Dead, Evil and then the TV show. Right. Yeah. The remake and then the TV show. Yep. And then Ash versus the Evil Dead. Right. Love it. Well, that's fun. I we only had a little bit of crossover. I was expecting a little bit more. Well, when we get kind of specific, I know where there's you know yeah. when we do general and all, we have a lot of them that we consider, and breaking it down by like monster and ghost and stuff, yeah. we'll have a tendency to be a little off. When sure. But uh, did you guys have any honorable mention ones too, or? I think for I think I'm spent for monster movies. Okay. I mean, really nobody. Well, no, I mean. No. Um, we watched Body Bags by John Carpenter. It yeah. was a Masters of Horror. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's. Um, I guess we could, we could slip into flipping the coin over because monster movies are always so campy and cheesy. So oftentimes, a lot of monster movies are the bad movies that you love. Right. But then there are the there, and there are bad movies that you love, and then there are bad movies that are just bad. Yeah. You know, um, a bad movie that we love that she showed me that we both just love. And it's hard to find this Rockula. Rockula, I've seen Rockula. <laughs> Rockula. It's like every so many years. That, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I've seen that movie. What yeah. a weird movie. <laughs> like a really good cheesy cult classic. Yeah. But then you've got really bad movies too. I mean, like things like and I mean I saw the and it's, it's fairly recent. And I saw the write up on. I'm like, that's a really bad movie. That's going to be really bad. But you know what? There's a chance that it might be kind of fun. And that was Zombievers. I've seen that movie. And I, actually, I actually, you guys didn't like it. I thought it was fun. I mean, okay, the first in the first few minutes of the movie, like when the guys were in the truck, I can't remember even what the joke was, but there was a joke that I thought was just fantastic. Yeah, you know and what the joke is. Then, the joke is the same joke through the whole movie. And then the whole thing went down from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was cheesy. It was I didn't mind it terrible much, but it was, it was kind of I was kind of just enjoyed how bad it was. That was the ultimate Netflix find for me. Yeah. Like this is what is this? And then it paid off pretty much. And then and also so it's the perfect Netflix. Yeah. And then, there, then there's the movie uh, Rubber. Oh, that movie's crazy weird. I like that movie, though. <laughs> it's so weird. It's just a tire around yeah. going, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, there are also, we have two movies that uh, I think it's important that no one should ever watch. Two movies, and one of them sounded very... honorable mention? One, one, one sounded very innocent and probably hilarious. Can, can you, you remember the description better than The maybe. description of it was a... Transvestite prostitute, transsexual prostitute, transsexual prostitute with narcolepsy who <laughs> dreams and show tunes. Right. Okay. And a kleptomaniac narcoleptic transsexual no, prostitute. Yes, she was. Remember? That wasn't part of the write-up, though. Oh, but anyway, and it sounds—it <laughs> sounds hilarious. Spoiler. It sounds Spoiler. Like this is yeah. going to be funny. It's called and. and it, it was not funny at all. No. Actually. It was really, really, really super gross and depressing and just soul draining. And, it, and it's called 20 Centimeters. I haven't seen that one. And It's the, a Spanish movie. 20 Centimeters is a significant number. Uh, it, it translates to about uh, eight inches. Okay. 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 So I can see where we're going. With it. it was bad. It was, it was really bad. Okay. But there is there is one movie that is for sure much, much worse. And I'm not going to give a lot of details because you really. Should. I, I, 
Um, you shouldn't be tempted right? to yes, watch it. You, Hungarian movies are kind of something to be wary of to yes. begin with anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it, it follows um, a family through three generations. And, uh, I mean, there's there's horrible things. Uh, there's horrible abuses of people and horrible gluttony and uh, people who are, who are uh, lauded for having, um, are celebrated for having developed their own vomiting technique of all things. And it's... Terrible, and it will scar you for life. Do not watch Taxidermia. <laughs> or right. do, yeah, and then and let then... me know just how much it hurt you, because <laughs> I kind of like to form a support group and have someone <laughs> talk about it. Guess I'm watching it. Gotcha, because yeah. it, it was, I, I feel like I've been scarred for my life. It's sure. really, really horrible. It was a train wreck of train wrecks. You couldn't turn away. We <laughs> talked about turning it off several times but when we, we finished the movie. had to see how bad it was going to get, and it just kept getting worse. And it got bad. Worse and worse. It was, yeah. that, that's a special kind of movie that oh, yeah. makes oh, you keep watching it get oh. worse and worse <laughs> until you hate yourself yeah. for having watched it. This is horrible. But now that you guys have kind of downed everything for yeah. us, right. thanks for well, that. Now we're going to go with <laughs> well, actually, know, I was thinking, apparitions. Well, actually, I was thinking, okay. wouldn't it be fun if we talked about sword stuff now? Yeah. And then sure. we do ghost stuff later. I'm always down for yeah. talking sword stuff. Wouldn't yes. it be fun to talk about sword stuff? Let's do it. Something a little more exciting than taxidermy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only, Only slightly. Taxidermy is exciting. In all, all the wrong, wrong ways. <laughs> well, actually, actually, just to get right into it, I was watching your episode of Forge and Fire last night. Uh, and uh, what is it? It's season four, episode 13? Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. And the episode is called, what is it? The Shamshir. The Shamshir, yes. Uh, in case you want to watch Sheer it. Shear those shams. Yes. Uh, I was. I just had it on, and my wife is like, "Those poor animals." She's like, "What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do with them after they slice them up? They're gonna they're gonna do something with them, right?" And I was like, uh, "They're probably gonna not do that. They're just sliced them up with swords, and it looked awesome, and that was their whole life's purpose. Life is pain. I'm so sorry." <laughs> Anyone who tells you differently is selling. She cried herself to sleep. Uh, so yeah, Tom, you were on that episode, and it was. I've said it to you before, but it was delightful. I, I don't know anything about swords. Uh, my favorite sword in the world is Blade's sword from the Blade movies, because sure. I love Blade. Uh, <laughs> so, just to get that out of the way. Uh, or like a good orc scimitar. Those are fun. You don't like those? <laughs> look, I, I'm, just saying, oh, no. I'm just saying they look cool. What I have here is what the orcs should have been carrying. Oops. Good job. This Break is the what antique. the orcs should be carrying. Yes, that's right? great. Now, the great thing about this is this is an historical weapon. Um, mm -hmm. If you if you mm -hmm. find um, a twelve a copy of a twelfth century Bible called it looks like the Masiejowski but it's a uh, Machowski I think is how it's pronounced also known as the Morgan Bible uh, there's you know illustrations in the Bible it was carried by a crusader in the in the twelfth century uh, maybe thirteenth uh, someone's going to slap me for being wrong anyway um, they had illustrations of all sorts of weapons and this was one of them um, this which was a nobody listening can see this no. is a two handed yeah. version um, I know. You're just going to have to go time. and look up the cleaver. I don't know about this one. But, uh, oh, the, oh. From Sniper Oh, which one is Sky Trouble? I don't know. I should have looked that up. I should have, uh, anyway. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, this, this is forever in my mind what an orc weapon should be. All right. You know? Well, I agree with you. It kind of looks like a bat wing, a curse word there, you know? Is it the lumps on the back? It's got lots of edges and yeah. points. <laughs> this one. Here's one. But, um, you know, so, 
Season two of Knife or Death, uh, a lady named Sky Hilton uh, carried that sword and went through the Knife or Death course with it. Um, you know, and, and I came out of the course still able to shave hair off my arm. And it looks beautiful. I mean, it's yeah, gorgeous. So it's um, it's a giant, amazing cleaver of, of a sword. Uh, we don't actually have any um, antiques that have survived from the time period. All we have are these depictions in the uh, the Morgan Bible. Um, but several bladesmiths, modern swordsmiths, and companies what have, have made reproductions of them because it's a very uh, very famous uh, book. So well, and it's uh, got a real look to it too, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's very visually uh, appealing. Yeah, and to me, that is just a perfect you know orc type of sword, you know. And you can some of them are wider and, and even more pointy, you know. Right. And so you, and you got so you've got some artistic license with it. And really, when you're talking about a fantasy or a movie sword, that's what it needs to be. It needs to be visually appealing, and it's so much more important that a movie or an anime sword be visually appealing than functional that it doesn't even normally doesn't even enter into the realm of functional swords. Sure, right. You know, and and that's actually kind of important for a movie. You know, of course. I mean, a real sword fight. Um, is something that you would never want to see on a movie <laughs> right. because it would be uninteresting and boring. And probably the guys over fighting really quick. Yeah. Probably right. because the, you know. Well, and I guess there's another thing we're going to talk about too is um, sword fights in movies. People down on them a lot. You yell about it. I do it too. I yell, "Oh, it's horrible. That's terrible. You know, don't, don't. That doesn't work." Yeah, but really though, um, you don't want to see a realistic sword fight in a movie because. It's so subtle and so fast, and there's there's nothing to see really. Um, there, you know, like you could try to um, interpret it with you know like Matrix style stop motion things, but it still loses the sense of what's actually going on. Um, I've seen a couple of um, groups of people that study uh, historical sword uh, sword fighting that have done some scenes like sword fighting scenes. That are pretty good, but they still they still Hollywood it up a bit. You've got to. You've got yeah. to you've got to slow things down, but you've got to telegraph things a little bit. Sure. Um, so that the audience can see what's going on. Because the audience can't see what's going on, they're not watching a movie. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you want you want a long fight scene. You don't want it to be over in ten seconds. Yeah. Or if it is over in ten seconds, you want a really awesome reason as to why right. you want right. to be able to understand why. It's like this guy twitched his arm and that guy's dead. I don't get it. Right. (laughs) Which is basically one of the bits of advice I was given by a steel fighter friend of mine who was trying to help me get into that was that my normal motions I do with sword martial arts. He's like, no, that's too much. Cut it down. So, no, cut it down. No, more, more, more. It gets down to you make a quick motion and it's done. The other guy is taking the hit. Even fighting that I've done, I know I get hit because I feel the hit before I see the hit. And for people watching, it's not so great. I've watched crowds kind of disperse at, you know, steel yeah. fights at Ren Fairs because they're like, oh, there's nothing really going on. <laughs> and the guys are pulled out of their armor and they're drenched in sweat oh, and dying. Yeah. 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 So hard. And that's the thing is when you're doing, when you're doing a Ren Fair, you're doing a, a demo, um, you've got to hand it up. But I was... I was in the SCA and I was in um, the Hemo Alliance and I've done I've done historical fighting I've done quasi historical fighting uh, you know sometimes we just don't know what's historical but we do our best um, but I mean I joined uh, I joined the Society for Creative Anachronism way back in like ninety ninety one yeah. 
and started putting my kit together. And I, I didn't leave it. And I, I fought my last tournament in 2011 Ooh. when I realized I was getting too old for this nonsense. And I, I, I broke a rib in the first round oh, uh, tackling a kid and, you know, putting him on the floor and, and winning by throw. Um, but, you know, I came down on top of him and an elbow or something stuck up and got me in the ribs mm. and broke a rib. And, and the next, let's say, just to say the next four rounds were pretty rough on me. And I, yeah. I didn't fight them, and I only lost the second round. Um, and I won the third, fourth, and fifth round. But uh, it wasn't nearly as much fun as I wanted it to be. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. not with a broken rib. <laughs> yeah. But um, so it was at that point that I realized that I was getting a little too old for this stuff. And maybe I was, uh, maybe maybe the fighting game was, was not really my thing anymore. But, you know, having done the, the sword fighting for this long, though, you know, some things... Um, Something's clicked, and you understand that you you can't just go in and just have a regular fight when you're putting on a show. Right. Sure. You've got to put on a show when you're putting on a sure. show. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Yeah, what, sorry. Yeah. What, what got you into swords in general? You know, that's a good question, and um, I, I've thought about it a lot, and uh, I can remember a time when I was a very young child when I had not yet uh, read a lot of, like, uh, fantasy stories or even fairy tales with knights and things. I can remember a time before uh, the first time my mother had read me The Hobbit when I was very young. Um, but I cannot, for the life of me, remember a time in my life ever when I was not utterly fascinated with swords. I mean, I feel like I was born with this and it's always been there. And I can't explain it except that I love it and there it is. That's a great explanation, though. That's right. that just means it's pure and real. Well, heck, I remember you made your obsession. first chainmail shirt. What our sophomore year? Uh, or freshman year? No, I think it was sophomore or junior. Yeah, yeah. I still got that. By the way, really? Yeah, it really. doesn't fit me anymore. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that don't fit us anymore from back that day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when did you do? Like, when did you make your first sword? When did you get into that aspect of it? Um, I always that I always wanted. To make swords, right? It was something I always thought would be awesome. And, you know, I started fighting in, you know, 1991. Um, but, you know, and I, I would look into what was needed to make swords. And I did some research on it. And, and in the 90s, no one really talked about it. There was, You couldn't find anyone really that knew about it much. Or, and when you did find them, they talked about, you know, uh, the guys who were doing them then were making them on mach modern machines and stuff. And I was just like, eh, it's not right, right. you know. And, um, gosh, I guess it was early 2000s when I finally got myself on the internet, uh, my own computer and stuff. Uh, I was, I started, one of the first things I did, of course, was start looking around for people who made swords and how they're done. Cause I had decided that if I was ever going to make a sword that was a made right and B was something that I could afford to own, the only way I was going to be able to do that is if I could make it myself. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was very discouraged by what I found because I kept finding stories about how you have to have all this equipment, power hammers and hydraulic presses and things, you know, you have to invest tens of thousands of dollars and you certainly can do that. Sure. But you certainly don't need to. So, um, gosh, it was, uh, 2012, I think, um, I had gotten a forge Mostly uh, because I wanted to make hilt components, guards and pommels and things for 
uh, blades that I was getting from my, my friend uh, Angus Trim, who is a professional sword maker and has been for a long time. But he's a machinist. He does his stuff on CNC lathes. You know, and I don't have $400,000 or whatever <laughs> sort of equipment. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was I was being um, a modifier at that point. I would, I would spruce up swords, do handle wraps, and put new guards on them and stuff. Uh, and, you know, I, I made a knife once in a while just, you know, to try it out. Um, so we were in, we were living in Alton where we live now. And I had my forge all under the, the porch, the back, the back porch deck there. And, uh, you know, the kids liked it. They'd come out and hammer stuff with me now and then. And I had a four day holiday weekend coming up. And one of the kids was like, Hey dad, like over the, over the four day weekend, can we do a, like a forging project together? And I was like, yeah, okay. What do you want to do? He's like, can we make a sword and you know my heart skipped a beat and i'm like well i i really like to I, I said i do have a piece of steel that's about the right size uh we could try he said i don't know if we're going to be able to do it I, it's it's a lot of work man and you know i don't know we, but we can sure try and so you know uh i had learned a lot from gus uh, angus uh i learned a lot from gus about what made a sword good what made it work he had studied antiques and things and you know i had been friends with him for several years at this point oh a couple of years at this point anyway um i think i met him in 2008 9 right after he had strokes but anyway um so i was like okay well here's how we do we gotta we gotta we gotta do some math and we gotta figure out portions and the distal tapers and things you know and the kid kind of looked at me like you guys kind of like, what? Like, what do you mean we got to do math to make a sword? Don't we just hit it? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, this is how you do it. I can hit the things with the steel. And Rowan and Garrett, they both wanted to do it. So like, okay, well, let's do it. So we did the math. And they stuck to it. And they did a good job. And the day came up. And we went out there with our with our hammer. And we we very meticulously pounded and tapped. And I go, we did. We made a sword. We made a Really crappy, uh, <laughs> small katana, large wakazashi type of blade that uh, even has a hollow on a little wavy line thing. Yeah. But uh, there was a couple of other things, lots of things we didn't know. And one of the things we didn't know is that when you quench in oil, the, the curve tends to straighten. Mm. You know? But when you quench in water, like traditionally is done, that's, that's actually traditionally where they created the curve. And a lot mm. of these, there's some, there were a few schools that were a little different. But... Generally speaking, um, quenching of water is what makes the curve of the sword happen. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, it's a, it has to do with uh, the steel and how it turns into different structures, and some structures are longer than others. And yeah, there's a lot of science behind it, but you know, maybe another time. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, so we didn't know that it was going to go back, so it ended up mostly straight instead of curved. So, but it was cool. It was fun. We had a good time. We made a sword, and it's still, I still have it somewhere. And yeah, you ended up with a sword. It, we ended yeah. up with a sword. That's incredible. And the thing that happened is, as soon as I realized that I could make a sword, you had the power without without needing power hammers and without right. having to invest, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand dollars, which I was never going to have and be able to invest in that. Um, as soon as I realized I could make a sword, I could not not make swords. Yes. I had to make swords. Every minute of my waking life at that point was consumed, my mind ticking and rolling over all the things I could do to make it work better, what I could do next time to, to do better. Oh, I could do this and I could do that. Here's an idea. Let's work with this. 
And it's after, once once that happened, there's no stopping it. Sure. Well, and that kind of gets us to the show. I want to talk about the show. Right. I have some questions. So you, you get to the show, and they go, oh, you're going to make a Bowie knife. And did you know going in? No, I had no idea what we were going to make. Um, I knew there was going to be some sort of a knife, because they almost always do a knife in the first half. Okay. Uh, you At that point, uh, the idea of being told what kind of knife to make was new. And I was not expecting that, that at all. All the episodes I had seen up to that point, um, the contestants were able to choose what kind of knife they made. I see. And they would give you some sort of crazy thing like, here's a junk car, find your piece of steel right, on this right. junk car, <laughs> and make a knife of whatever you want out of it. And you know, I had practiced for that. And they said, a Bowie knife. I'm like, huh? But on the other hand, they gave us a nice, clean piece of steel to work with. Sure, we knew right. what it was. So you know, they weren't totally mean in every in every sense of the word. So, and I know what I know what a Bowie knife is. I've made a Bowie knife before. It's it's a little falchion. Right. Falchion's a sword. We've heard that before on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a it's Bowie knife's just a little falchion. I can make a little falchion. So, yeah, and I they it's they're super secret about everything they're gonna do about everything that's happening. And I mean, they they lock you in rooms and they <laughs> monitor you and you know they take your phone away on the drive to the studio. And I mean, seriously. Now, did you get the same black window and fan? Yeah, van we that want to know. No, 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 that was different. That was totally different. <laughs> okay. Now, um, the uh, the when I was there, they were still shooting in New York City, um, okay. in uh, Queens or the Bronx, I forget which. But um, there was this gal that picked us up. And she drove like a Hollywood stunt car driver. And I, I, I kid you not, we were coming to an intersection and the light was changing. There was traffic in there and there was people sitting in the middle of the intersection. And the only way to get through there, you had to make a sharper than a 90 degree turn because there were cars in the intersection. She, she hit that gas pedal to the floor. We accelerated into this gas, into this, into this, um, Intersection. I'm holding on and bracing her in my <laughs> And she stopped the brakes. I kid you not. She drifted this car through the intersection. <laughs> I'm pumping the brakes, hitting the gas, and the engine revving, the tires squealing. And she just and the back end just slid around. And she just and she put us perfectly between those two cars. And we shot through a left hand. We made a left hand turn. And shot between cars like I mean I could I could have put my hand out the window and Lost grabbed it. and grabbed the coffee cup out of the guy in the car next to us. Wow, we were that close. It was it was amazing and terrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and she she drives for pretty much everyone. She drove for pretty much everyone who went to Forge of Fire in New York City. I think you know who I'm talking. about. Yes, that's yeah. why I'm sitting here laughing. Her Amanda, you, Amanda, yes, it was Amanda. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Amanda, if you hear this, your driving was amazing. It was epic, but you scared the hell out of us. <laughs> you scared the hell out of like five seasons worth of people. Congratulations. Yes. She, she really did. She was cool, though, no doubt. Pick your steel from the car crash. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> from your car, yeah. car yeah. crash. It's yeah. personalized to you. Yeah. Take yeah. this steel from no, no, either no, no, your no, no, car no, no. or the car you hit. She didn't hit anybody. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that is amazing. Yeah. She got everyone She got everyone to the studio safe and sound every single time. And on time. One that, vehicle. That course, everyone yeah. will admit to anyway. Yeah, anyway, that's true. Yeah. I haven't heard I haven't heard any crash stories. Which is Emotional amazing. scarring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you can't see it, it doesn't count. <laughs> 
so then once you once you uh, so when it starts, they go. You got ten minutes to to do your little plan. Right. Right. That's wild. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um. <laughs> that's not enough for me to set up a piece of paper. Everything. Get a pen is, out. Everything is broken up. Okay. Because right. there's stuff in between you're you, obviously not seeing. Well, okay. You know they they the way they show it to you on the show is you run over there. You have your ten minutes. You do your little doodles right. and drawings. And then you run your anvil and you get started and you and you hit put in the fire and you start. Really, what happened is they bring you into the set and they're telling you all the rules and how you're supposed to walk, where you're supposed to go, and like, okay, well, I want you to come over here. We're going to shoot some pictures of shoot some film of you at the table, doing you know, look like you're doing this and doing that. Okay, all right, now come over here and talk. Now come over there and talk. Okay, now here's what we're going to do. We're gonna we're gonna have you at the table, okay? We're gonna start a timer. You're gonna get ten minutes to do your drawing, and then we're gonna stop and just stand there and don't move. <laughs> and then they do that. You do you you do your ten minutes. You do your drawing, you know, and and then you stop and then you take a break and you go in the back room and then you go over the rules for the the round and, and they have you sign the contracts. And sure. Like okay, I've been told these rules and this is how it works and this is the game and you know like half an hour later or something you're back on the floor and like okay now I want you to. I want you to pick up your stuff and like walk over the end like you're in a hurry to get started. You know? <laughs> and then the time starts. Right. You know, your three hours. Right. right. Now, when once they actually got to the three hour time where you're competing, clock was on, things were legit and running, there was no stopping. And I mean, they came around with the cameras and they got in your face and interviewed you, made you stop. And so you lost a few minutes that way. But they did that to everyone, so it was fair. Right, right. It was, they actually did a really good job of keeping the competition itself actually legit. You did your three hour section, and that was it. You know, that was, that was all, that was just all uh, game. That was know, one right. thing I liked about the show. Yeah. And I also really liked the judges, too. A lot of times in these shows, I don't watch a ton of them, but a lot of times in shows like this, the judges are. They're just there to be seen, or yeah. they just their their opinion is is the gospel, and that's it. Or, or they're making fun of the, the contestants, and yeah. it's like not fun to watch. It's kind of gross. But I thought that these guys, I don't know what your feelings were, but they all seemed to be pretty fair, and and I like that they were knowledgeable. At least it seemed like they were. Yeah. Well, they've got they've got a panel. One guy's uh, a master smith. Yeah. And they rotate him out every now and then. Uh, the main guy is Jay Nielsen. Which one's the mustache guy? Uh, the must uh mustache with the vest. Oh, Dave that's that's Baker. okay. We're not getting to him yet. He's okay. the next guy. Okay, okay. okay. I'm He's sorry. always there. <laughs> okay. Um, we're now we're talking about uh, the guy on the far left is uh, is actually an accredited master smith. Yeah, he seemed pretty legit. One guy. Yeah. He seemed very legit but to me. They've all got they've all got several years of knife making, forging, you know, abilities and skills. Uh, Jay Nielsen is the meanest of all of them, and he's, <laughs> that's what they want him for. That's right. why he's there. Um, him and I him and I have butt heads a few times. Really. Yeah, and I think I'm blacklisted because of it, actually. Oh. Um, but that's just anyway. That's another story. But um, you know, I don't, I don't have any real animosity against the guy. I think, I think he did. I think he did something one time that I thought he owed the community an apology for, and I called him out on it, and he didn't respond. Which I mean, why would he? Yeah. I, I get that. But uh, I think though, I think though that when I did that, I kind of, I kind of sealed my fate with the company. So. Don't expect there to be a redemption episode with Tom. <laughs> well, that's but, uh, too bad. But yeah. the, it's great though that they do have guys that know what the heck they're talking about. Yes. Um, and so Dan Master Smith, then you got David Baker, who's the guy with the vest and the yes. old Colonel Sanders yes. facial hair. Right. Yes. You know, um, Badass Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Now, <laughs> David Baker is super legit in mm. a lot of ways. Okay. 
Um, you know those you know those example weapons that they hold up at at, at the end. Right. Okay. He makes every single one of those. Oh, he wow. makes them in the set out oh, on wow. and in on that with that equipment. That's amazing. And he does them within the time frame that the Smiths have to make them. He doesn't. Oh, wow. He doesn't get extra time. If it's a if it's a four day or a five day bill for the the Smiths that are contestants, that's how much time he gives himself to build it. Also, so. Or There's, less, depending or less, on yeah. how much crunch or, time they have. Right, because, I mean, you know, lately the seasons have been 30, 40, 50 episodes long. He's making every single That's one. Wild. Those That's wild. That's wild. That man is a machine. Yeah. Oh, no, They're yeah. working that guy to death. That's, and, that's honestly yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a machine. And he's done, He if you did... Um, if you saw a TV show uh, several years back, uh, Deadliest Warrior. Yes. I used to love that show. He made all those weapons. Really? So, yes. That was that was we, David Baker. He made those weapons. We had there's a video game of it, right? Yeah. I'm a big gamer, okay. and me and my friends played that game yeah. to death. We played so, that game so much. Baker's got chops. Yeah, he studied yeah. historical stuff. You know, um, again, there are some details and and some stuff that I disagree with him on. Uh, he doesn't often do distal paper on things, um, but you know, he's a prop guy. Yeah. He makes right. things that look accurate. They look and great. He studies the history and he sees them. He makes them accurate. There are some things that I think he misses. But you know what? I can't fault the guy one bit sure. because everyone misses something. Right. You know, there's there's just mm -hmm. no way around it. And what he does, he does an amazing job at. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I noticed. It seems like the whole process is very personal to every person that is doing yeah. it. Everyone has their own way. Like the one guy just wanted to use a hammer. He just yeah. wanted to use the hammer. It ended up being his downfall. But right. that, that one guy was just he's like, this is for me. Like this is how I do it. I have this connection. It's that's how I want to do it. Yeah, he's a great guy too. I haven't. He's the one and only guy from my episode that I haven't kept in contact with because he doesn't have an online uh, anything. He, yeah, he seems you know? like he would not. Yeah, he <laughs> was. He was. He's very anti-social media. And he seemed like he was doing it for himself. He right. Was, yeah. He was, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I connected with him really well. I liked him a lot, and mm -hmm. uh, I just haven't talked to him since, unfortunately, hardly at all. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, like I said, everyone has their own way of doing it, you know. And which brings us to the third judge, yes, who is the only judge who has zero forging experience. Ah, he's a martial artist. I was going to say he seemed yeah. more like a martial artist. He's a mm -hmm. he's, he's a, a user. He's right. a Kali, a screamer. That's just as important, though. You know, yeah. it is, and it is. And um, now Doug Markaita um, got a lot of flack in the first couple seasons, especially. Because when it came to the larger weapons, he sometimes struggled with them and had obviously bad technique. But, I mean, his martial art deals with little bitty weapons, you know. Right. And little, uh, like, one of the things that Sean may have told you about when he and him and Shane were doing Night for Death is, and what, one thing that Sean taught Shane, which was part of Shane's success, is he said, you can't cut like a martial artist when you go to do right. this. Because martial arts, you know, you're you're worried about recovery, you're worried about uh, protecting yourself from sure. your enemy, right. you know, and you do short, like we're talking about, we're talking about the subtle strokes, so like Mike was saying, you do the, the small movements, you know. Right. Um, because connecting and staying safe is much more important in a fight than getting the big hit. Right. Whereas in cutting competitions or when you're testing um, the the nature of a weapon, and you're just focusing on the weapon itself, you want that big hit, you want that big explosive connection to really push the weapon to the edge of its performance and see what you can get out of it. Right. And it took, I think it took Doug a, lo a little while to get comfortable with that. 
and he may still struggle with the with the bigger weapons. I think, um, mm-hmm. but he, I think in the in the last couple seasons you can see market improvement over you know in the first ones. So I mean, but Doug is a great guy. Yeah. Um, you know, we get to meet him all and talk to him and stuff. Um, and I always my my impression of Doug um, on the TV screen when I was watching the TV is I always thought he looked kind of goofy. You know? <laughs> he's got this goofy smile. He's smiling. Yeah, I noticed the smile. And he's he's a little upside. He's funny. And he's kind of clownish looking. And he's kind of and he's cheerful. He's grinning and he's like, uh, "Your sword can kill somebody." But yeah. <laughs> when you meet Doug in person, he does not strike you as goofy at all. He strikes you as grizzled. Oh, this man has been through the ringer. He has been in some really rough fights. I don't know what his story is. I don't know what his background is. But he, I, you can tell by meeting him and looking at him that he's had the life on the line a few times. He's been in a lot of fights where maybe his life wasn't on the line, but got tore up all sure, the same, right. you know. And you can tell with these people. So he is a, he's a very serious martial artist. He's very good at it. And, you know, um, the end user is always very important with these sort of things, yeah. you know. So it's a, it's, it's a really good trifecta for you to have. you got the... You've got the modern master, you've got the historical uh, enthusiast maker, and then you've got the end user martial artist. It know? is. It's great, isn't yeah. it? And it's a, it's a good mix of, of judges. And, uh, and their internal chemistry is really yeah. good, too. Yeah. They get and along then, with each yeah. other right. and with the makers. Yeah. And then you've got Will Willis. He was the guy I didn't need. I mean, I just I didn't need him. <laughs> yeah, well, Will, is, Will is an interesting case also on his own. Now, Will Willis... Um, was uh, special forces in two separate militaries. Oh my wow. God. He was uh, he was uh, what Ar- Army Ranger and yeah. and Air Force uh, combat pararescueman. Okay, so I mean he and now I I'm not a combat veteran. You know I spent 20 years in the military and didn't learn what bullets flying overhead sounded like until I worked at the Oz nightclub. Oh um, no! Oh no! But, but um. I've known plenty of people in the military. I've had lots of veteran friends who have been in some very thick and rough stuff. And you, you hear people, you know, you, everyone knows about PTSD. Sure. And people have heard about the thousand yard stare and, and such. And I learned pretty early on how to recognize the look. People who have been in a certain amount of combat and life or death stuff change and they're different yes and I've you heard can this. see it in them will willis is one of those guys i don't know what his history is again i sure. don't know what he's been through but he's he's seen enough stuff that it's changed him uh he's not the deepest he's not the deepest into that of the people i've ever known but he's definitely got it sure. so he's 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 been in he's been in life or death situations he understands the mentality of get it done get it done now everything is writing on this you He's know, a good driving force to keep the show yeah, moving forward. That's for exactly. sure. Exactly, yeah. and, and he fits the tone perfectly. Yeah, and that's and that's and I think that's one of the reasons why he works is because he under uh, he understands the mentality of this yeah. sort of competition. Right. Yeah. And basically, everyone who has ever gone on the show is now terrified of having nightmares of his voice yelling at yeah. us. You have so <laughs> many minutes yeah. remaining. Yeah. yeah. I will. I will tell you my personal opinion that Will Willis is the most dangerous person in that room. You think so? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I mean, did. as as much of a badass uh, as uh, Markaida is, I would put Will Willis ahead of him because I think he's got the experience. Sure. You know? Sure. 
And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it came down to fight. I don't really want. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to bet on either of them. Right. But yeah. um, all those swords. And if, I had to, if I had, to, if I had, to, if I had to plan an attack squad and tell my sniper who to hit first to get him off the table, it would be Will Wills. Right. Yeah. Because he's he's. I think he's the most dangerous character. I just didn't. I think it was just me. Like I just didn't. I didn't love watching him in the show. Like but I wanted to see that guy. He's a pretty more. boy. He's a pretty boy on the TV. Well, and yeah, that was my know? first. No, listen. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Like it was my first reaction was like he's got all these nice jewelry on yep. and his watch yep. and his whatever and his long rings. hair yep. his yeah. hair's all done nice he's a beautiful man he's a beautiful man yes, absolutely yes. and i was like oh is he just putting on this tough guy and i, I didn't no, know this oh, well yeah, listen yeah. i i didn't know that about him yeah. until now so right. now it all seems a little yeah. bit so different now look at it a little yeah. yeah yeah that and that's i think that's the thing i like about the show um all their personalities on the tv they're all genuine yeah. they're all they are every one of them the real deal love them or hate them whether you've butt heads with them or have personal issue with them, whatever, every single one of them is the real deal, and that is a rarity in TV. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely, and especially in judges. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. that's a rarity in any sort of TV show anywhere ever. You know, I mean, there's so many, especially even in, even in like smithing and stuff uh, shows where you know you expect experts to be experts. You know, I mean, right. What's that? What's that show with the guy that that talked about quenching facing north? What was that dumb? Oh, what was that one? What was that one? Even I think that sounds weird. I was just saying. It's because um, of the magnetism. There's a, yeah, there's, there's, there's a reality show that occasionally does smithing type stuff. And I, I didn't see this episode, but um, the guy on there, he, he actually, he actually talked about one of the old myths that were, that people like Mike and I are always screaming Quenching at people trying heart. to, trying to dispel the myth. And it's, Quenching with your blade facing magnetic or so it doesn't warp. It's stupid. And it is, I mean, there is, it is so awful. It's one of the worst myths out there. And this guy, this guy perpetuated it on TV. We're like, oh, what are you doing? I mean, I can yeah. imagine if it was a giant electromagnet facing north. You know, you know, no, not but not, I mean, but you know what? They didn't like, even have that. You, no, can, yeah. you can surround your knife with a giant electromagnet on one side you know, like inches away from the, from the knife. Right. Quench it, and it would never be a problem. It would not warp it. In fact, it would probably straighten it, and I'll tell you why. When when your steel is hot enough that quenching it will harden it, it is non-magnetic. They say that in the episode. Yeah. It is yeah. 100% yeah. non-magnetic, just like a piece of wood that's 1,500 degrees. But by the time it becomes magnetic, it's already stiff. The magnet would yank it out of your hand. It's sticking a smack. Yeah, it's like right. it would hold it flat. Yeah. And, you know, and probably shatter at that point. It might. Right. It, well, I don't, maybe it's Martin side may or may not have set up yet. And yeah. depending how hard you know the magnet dragged it out of your I mean, hand against it, yeah. it. <laughs> is, is it still silver four hundred degrees? Is it still is it still transitioning to Martin? We don't know. Oh, boy. Yeah. There's you know there's a lot of different <laughs> things to be answered with that. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it could. It possibly yeah. could. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about the the challenge you had to do. Yeah. The handle. What about the handle? That seemed to give you some trouble. Guard, yeah. yeah. Well, um, but I actually liked the way you because the way you chose to go about it. I was like, I would never would have thought of that. Well, hindsight being twenty twenty, if I could have, if I could, um, you know, make a phone call to the past and talk to myself and say, "Hey, Tom, listen up, man. Here's what you need to understand." I would Don't definitely. Water. I, I, yeah. I didn't jerk. That's another thing we'll get to. Yeah. The, but. Um, uh, I had decided. I knew that I knew that the TV show loved to abuse the knives, and 
would smack them into crazy things. And I wanted to be absolutely as tough as possible. So I had, even before I went there, I had made up my mind that I was going to do a full tang design no matter what, right? And then when they said, oh, you got to do a D-guard, I was like, how am I going to do a D-guard in a full tang? <laughs> and I, I could not let go of the idea that I had to do a full tang. And so I worked around. I said, I know what I'll do. I, this is a really big piece of steel. I'll get on the hammer over there, and I'll stretch it out real wide, and then I'll cut up and I'll make an integral guard. I've never done this before. Yeah. This was the first time I had ever done an integral guard. It kind guard. of blew my mind. I didn't and, know you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's it's a it's a tactical type of thing, really. It's you know, um, tactical is kind of a slang derogatory word that a lot of yeah. us knife makers and smiths mm -hmm. and stuff use for. Used for weapons that you tend to find in malls or right. you know, stuff it. that's flashy looking but isn't really it is it's got some flaws to it and it, they made it to look badass more than they made it to work badass. Right, gotcha. Like but, a movie, Paul, it, it breaks the first time he uses it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But I, I, my, my whole mentality was I was going to make it stronger than it needed to be. I was going to overbuild it so there was no way it could break or fail. And one of the ways I was going to do that is I was going to make an integral so that it was all one piece of steel. And also that was going to save me time by not needing to file that little hole to fit, you right. know, the tang. I mean, I have made a lot of guards with a hole through it filed to fit a tang. That's how swords are made. That's right. my thing. Right. You know, in hindsight, I should have stuck to the thing that I'm good at, right? Right. right. But no, 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 no. I was playing the I was going to beat the game. I had a strategy. <laughs> so, um I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. more fun. it was the interesting to watch. The problem I had with it is by the time I got the arms stretched out, um it didn't fit in the forge anymore. Oh. oh. It didn't fit. I couldn't get it in the forge. I'm like, well, now what do I do? <coughs> and I sh what I should have done is I... Is I, that I when you were using the blowtorch? That, the blowtorch came into it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, I, what I did do is I looked at the time clock, all right? And this is where I made my mistake. I said, oh, crap. A lot more time has gone by than I expected. And I thought about it. I said, you know what? The guard doesn't need to be done until the end of round two. Yes. Oh, I'm okay. I just need to get the rest of this done. That was a mistake. Because in order to get the guard done, I had to forge it. And that means I had to put fire on it. Putting fire on some after heat treat, which is what happens at the end of round one, is a, a bad decision, really, honestly. I mean, you can you can cheat your way through it some here and there. And I did. Uh, but it's, it's not a really good idea. And... I knew better, and I should have known better. I should have gone over, gotten the torch, and did it right then and there. Right. It didn't take that long, as it turned out. <laughs> right. And I should have just done it right away. It would have looked nicer. It would have it would have fit in the forge, you know, and everything would have been better. You still made it to round two. Yeah. I still made it to round two, right. How did you um, feel about that knife chop? Oh, yeah. That hurt me to see that. Nail? Yeah. I didn't like that. Oh. Yeah, the nail chop. Sorry. Yeah. I did not like it. It hurt me to see Sorry, it. Sorry, no, bring that yeah. back up. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's well. I mean, okay, it's that that nail was bigger around than my pinky. Yeah. All right, and the hammer he had was one of the hammers that was on our forging stations, and I know for a fact that that was a, a little sledgehammer with a four pound head. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh. Yeah. And Jay Nielsen is a master smith. He's been a blacksmith for like thirty some years. I don't know what his actual numbers are, but it's been a long time. A few years. Yeah. Long enough to get a mess, which is he's, like. He's, seven years he's done he's 
I know he's been at it for two or three decades, all sure. right? And you could see by his body that he was putting every ounce of strength into those blows. <laughs> he was really whacking And, you yeah. know, really, that's that's fair, though. It's what it should be because, you know, if you're going 50%, where's your 50%? How do you how do you make sure that you gave the same 50% to this knife as you do to that right, knife? Sure. Right. If you're doing 50%, but this guy bugs you a little bit, maybe he gets 65%. Right. And if this person's really nice and you like, maybe he gets 35%. You know, the going... Balls to the walls, 100% is a sure way to be fair, giving it everything you got, you know? Absolutely. And I, I, I can respect that, but holy crap. <laughs> the knife, a knife is not made to do that. And, you know, I knew they were going to do something crazy to it. Um, I believe they told us there was going to be a nail chop, you know? But they say nail chop, and you think, like, nail, like six-penny nail. Like, yeah, right. You know, like, like little thing, you know, maybe quarter-inch across. Well, when they said nail chop, I thought they meant they were going to try to chop a nail. Maybe I'm dumb, but I thought that's what it meant. Yeah. That's no. not what it was at all. <laughs> no. no. It was more like a, uh, a steel stake. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really. I mean, that was... Nail-shaped It was object. a monster of a nail. Absolutely. Cartoonish. Yeah, it really was. It was huge. Um, now, uh, one of the things that got edited out, sadly, uh, was after the chop, Jay was looking at it, and he said... He actually said, wow. He said, you really nailed that heat treat. I mean, your, for your edge geometry being this tight to have taken this little damage is very impressive. And he paid me that compliment, which was awesome. Cause, yeah, you know, but everyone didn't get to see it. Yeah. I, and no, no one got to see it. <laughs> you know what? I heard it. And, sure. uh, you know, uh, it, it, it was nice. But that wasn't the compliment that made my day the most. What was it? It also was not shown. But um, I have always been, my thing is performance, handling movement the way things work and move you know that's that's my calling card right and this is a big knife it's a 12 inch blade yeah. you know and um when doug markita picked up my knife i saw his eyes light up and a smile spread across his face as soon as he started moving it and i could tell he loved it and that that's what i that that was all i needed to see yeah, honestly right. when he picked that up to go to that meat slice you know that's beautiful i was like oh that's it that's you know what? I'm happy. You know? Yours seemed to slice the best. Maybe it was it just did. me, but it no, did it seem did. to slice the best. It did. Mine, mine cut the best. Well, I, I, um, I brought my secret weapon. You're allowed to bring some tools to the show. You're allowed to bring... and you're, They say you're allowed to bring five things, but you're only allowed to use three. Huh. Okay? Yep. Uh, the three things I brought, I brought a carbide drill bit because I had a feeling that I, there was, I was very likely going to forget to drill holes and until after I had heat treated, which is true, I did. <laughs> and so a carbide drill bit is one of the few things that can actually drill through drill a piece right. of hardened steel. Um, I brought um, something I didn't use. Well, oh, sorry. And I brought my leather belt. Now, the way I sharpened knives and swords is on a, a belt sander. It's a two-inch wide by 72-inch long belt. And, and you go up through your grits, and then finally the last thing you do is you use a leather belt with polishing rouge on it, mm. you know, like a strop on a, on a motor. A power strop. Power right, strop, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, really makes the edge pop. And I had watched the show, and I noticed they did not have a leather strap. I'm like, oh, I'm going to bring mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, it paid off. So, yeah, yeah, it did. It really did. Um, oh, magnet. That's the other thing I brought. Yeah, yeah a magnet to help, my, help me with the, the heat tree, because 
you know, um, the lights in the studio are very difficult. And, you know, most people, when they're heat treating, they'll heat treat by eye, by the color of the steel. Right. Because the, the color of the steel glows will give you a clue as to how hot it is. The brighter it is and the lighter the color, the hotter it gets. Right. right. Um, now, when you're watching on TV, though, you can't, uh, you can't trust uh, your eyes because the camera changes the colors of things. Sure. It's not actually the right. color you see. Filters. So, you know... Um, so, you know, if you're at home and you're saying, oh, that looks too hot, it's too yellow or too dark or too orange, it's too cold. Nah, just, you know, just shut up. Right. <laughs> understand that the cameras have changed everything. Right. And just like they add a few pounds to them. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> add a few, take a few away. They actually made me look good. They made, they made me look thinner than I was. I was very pleased with it. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, well, I guess I just have one more question sure. about the show. Had you gone on to the final round, do you think your sword would have done it do you think you would have won absolutely I do. you think so uh, yeah because um uh if i had gone to the final round um i would have been a, against tim because which um, one was that tim was the guy that lost in the final round okay um, the, the older guy andrew um i would have won anyway against andrew i think he but, seemed like he was trying to hide the fact that he was drunk <laughs> if you <laughs> no, watch the way yeah, he's standing yeah. he does that yeah, that's just the way he is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I never <laughs> nothing I, against him. I don't I, know the guy. No, I didn't. Know it was just a, a funny anything, angle. He's, he's a cool guy, but he's a uh, uh, he's a knife maker, and he's not sure. really into swords. Uh, he did a good job, you know. I'm not. I won't take that away from. Him, but uh, in the in the second round, his knife took a lot of damage. In yeah, the nail yeah. chop. They show it real up yeah. close, and you can yeah. really see those. And those I think I think that if my my uh, knife had not broken, if they had not had their concerns about the structural integrity of my life, I think I would have gone the last round instead of him. Right. But Tim, for sure, had a problem with his heat treat. He had a, a spot in the middle that he wasn't able to get heat treated properly, and, he, and it bent. Mm. Okay? And yep. that's why Andrew won. Okay? His, his sword was... Tell they were saying not, his was better uh, better yeah. weighted or Tim, whatever. Tim yeah. understands Balanced. swords a little better. He studied yep. them more. I mean, don't get me wrong. Andrew is a incredible... Incredible Smith. They all were. Come on, beautiful stuff. I mean, he's but he's uh, he's been doing it for a long time. Like just just so you understand, when I was on the show, they they gave me credit for seven years of experience. Um, but they asked me when I made my first knife, and I told them a date, and and that was when I made my first knife. But between those two dates, I had not really done much of anything. I had maybe three years of total experience as a hobbyist. That's right? super right. impressive to me. I had, yeah. I, 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 had, I had only been, at that point, I had only been uh, full-time for like a few months before I went there. You know? And um, so it was all very new to me. Uh, Andrew, at that time, was working with 17 years experience, Oof, yeah. um, much of which had been uh, prof- uh, at least semi-professional. Uh, he'd been doing professional level work, even wow. though he had been doing it part time. Right. Um, and Tim, uh, Tim had been uh, full time. I don't know how long he'd been a full timer for, but he had been a serious Smith for twenty seven years. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of years. Twenty seven and seventeen years what these guys have. But um, the reason I would have won is because I have the oven. Okay. And this is the reason why Mike Curley, Spicy Mike. Who went on the show? Spicy Mike went on the show in season five, and he used my shop for the home forge part because he didn't have the equipment. And uh, my oven was the reason he won. I see. Because his opponent had a bad heat treat and a bent in the middle. My oven is sixty-ish inches deep, 
and wide enough to hold a fully curved blade like that. You know, I, I can I can I can heat treat um, you know five feet of steel wow. all at once. That's amazing. Yeah. Which most people can not do. If you watch several episodes of the show, one thing you're gonna see over and over and over again is the Smith saying, I've never made anything this big. Right. And it, I, when they say that, I usually chuckle and say, but your blade's only 26 inches. It's dinky. <laughs> you know? And, and, yeah. I mean, I am I can make, you know, like the Claymores and stuff sure. in my oven. Yeah. You know, it's got that much room in it. So, and it's digitally controlled and, and super accurate. That's cool. Well, you know, when it's accurate. Yes. We heard about a problem <laughs> yeah, last yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask but, you another question. Yeah. Okay. I have a friend who's getting into it. Yeah. He's made some knives with some prefab stuff, I guess. Uh, how does he get started? What, what should he do next? I think he He's wants doing to make, it. I think um, he wants to make knives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, he has to decide which direction he wants to go. He can go the, the stock removal grinding method. He can go the foraging method. Sure. Um, and, you know, really, sometimes that choice is a personal one as to what you like better. Right. Like, for me, it's a personal choice because I like foraging it and... Uh, the way I think, um, and my I, I I'm better able to understand. I can mush the steel here and mash it around and make this work. I'm much better at that than drawing a thing out and removing steel until it matches that. Uh, I, I can't draw with crap. Uh, you know, I never <laughs> have been able to. You know, um, so so there's that. Um, but also there's equipment. You know, I mean, right. Uh, in order to be really serious, a lot of the equipment is very expensive. Um, but you can do this with a very minimal equipment. And if you want to be, if all that's important to you is that you make a knife and that it works, that's a good working knife, you can really do that with very minimal equipment. You can do that with an angle grinder. Sure. Four and a half inch angle grinder. <laughs> and, and if you're even poorer than that, you can do it with hand files. You can do it with hand files and a hacksaw. Yeah, in fact, I actually, uh, there's a guy, uh, Brian Chauvinick, uh, mm -hmm. fantastic knife maker. Every now and then what he'll do is he'll, I don't know if he still does, but a few years ago, like at least once a year, he would challenge himself to making a knife with hacksaws and files and sandpaper. That's wild. And he's, this is a guy, this is a guy that um, when he makes a knife and he messes it up and he sells it for what he calls beer money, he's still getting over $1,000 for the knife. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he is a world-class level smith. That's right? a lot of beer. Yeah, right, I know. <laughs> it must be thirsty. Or <laughs> a thirsty really fella. Beer. Um, yeah. What he needs to do... anything that's cheaper than $400 a glass. He needs to study, he needs to learn, he needs to figure out how much of the process he wants to do and can do. Right. And he just needs to do it and just love it, you know? I mean, and whatever it is that you need to make it work, that's what you got to do, you know? And you can, you can be a smith with a, a fire and a hole in the ground. You know, sure. um, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's well within the realm of possibilities. Or you can be a smith uh, with, you know, $300,000 worth of equipment in the shop and more coming every day. There's a wide range of investment that you can put into it. But the investment that really counts is the investment in your heart and, and your dedication to it. Learn everything you can. Do the best work you can. Don't compromise on the quality of your work don't use scrap steel don't use scrap steel in case you haven't gotten the picture yeah. do not is, use scrap steel his name is matt if you want to yell at him some more i, I was just say is man if you if you want to use scrap steel in a in a foraging environment to, to just to learn how steel mashes on your hammer fine okay 
but be careful because there's a lot of pitfalls and things that will, you'll be taught wrong with some of this stuff because it comes in odd sizes. I mean, you're, you're not going to learn a whole lot about hand foraging when you pick up a leaf spring that's, you know, three quarters of an inch thick and four inches wide and 18 inches long. You know, you're, I don't, and unless you're the Hulk wielding the owner, <laughs> you are not moving that steel very much with a hand hammer. You know, I'm sorry. You're not moving that very much with a power hammer. No, you're really not. So, I've taught people that wanted to use leaf spring like that. So, you know, it is worthwhile to buy steel that you know what it is, that it's fresh made, it doesn't have all the old stress fractures and stress lines and 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 you know warps and stuff in there that uh, something that's had a working life of 20, 30 years under a vehicle was going to have in it. Right. You will learn uh, what and what you learn because when you know when you're using the right stuff and something happens and it breaks and it falls apart, you can know. Hey, I made the mistake. I didn't get right. unlucky because uh, you, know, you get a leaf spring. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes there's no problem with them. Sometimes there's an old crack in there. It was maybe about to give in, and, and you're forging it, and it falls apart on you. Right. And now you got to wonder, was it me? did I did <laughs> yeah. something wrong, or did I get unlucky and there was a bad piece of steel in there? If you're getting new steel and it breaks, you did something wrong. Right. And you can learn from that, and you can learn the right thing. Learn the right thing, don't learn the wrong thing. That's good advice. You know, you yeah. got to, you and do not listen to most YouTubers. <laughs> you know, um, uh, Walter Searles you can listen to. Um, um, as much as some people hate him, Alex Steele you can listen to. He's got yeah. Steele in his name. Yeah. His, his info isn't wrong. He he's, just does some unsafe things that bother oh, some he's people. Really, he did that one thing that bothers people. He's one of the safest Smiths you'll ever see. He wears he wears, he wears wears respiratory protection all the time. He wears face protection all the time. When he's filming... He puts, Okay, well, I've never seen him not filming, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> but um, everything he does on his filming is always safety geared up, um, training in place. You know, he's he has made some mistakes, and especially since he's been doing it since he was 13. Mm -hmm. And, like, everything he's done from when he was 13 to when he's, like, what, 20, 21 now is on film somewhere. Sure. So yeah. you do see the mistakes made, and people love to pick him apart and say, oh, this kid is terrible. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, okay, he's... He's not. He's not. Uh, you know, Saint Steel or anything like right. that. Right. Not yet, though. Not yet. We could get there. He's he's Maybe. a fantastic Smith, fantastic artist, and, and I think he gets too much hell. For, and he's also a really nice guy yeah, in person. For, for one time, for one time, when he accidentally had his oil tank Explode. too high, <laughs> and he was on an awkward position, and uh -huh. he got flames all over the place. Well, you know, it, it was yeah. an accident. And he fixed it. it. You know. Yeah. 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 So, but my my point here though is. Find the people who are who are dedicated to doing the job right. Go on the forums, look for look for posts by Kevin Cashin, mm -hmm. look for posts by Walter Sorrells, by uh, Howard Clark. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, look for the stuff by the big guys who are constantly teaching the right way to do things and who are dedicated to the right way to do things. Because you will get all sorts of turkeys out there who will tell you things like quench facing magnetic north, edge oh, packing, boy. edge packing, and all sorts of other garbage that is a just nonsense. All right, so learn the right stuff. You got to be careful who you learn from. All right. So yeah, you learn everything you this? can from everyone you can, even if it's what not to do. But know the difference. But know right. the difference. But you got to learn it, I guess. Yeah. Learn it. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
Well, that's amazing. Is there anything else you got to say? Anything you want to talk about with your stuff real quick? Or do you want to move on to ghosts? Um, well, I don't know what you guys want. You can always circle back around if you want. I mean, I'm, sure. I could... I could talk about swords and I know. <laughs> until we're all old and dead. <laughs> I was well, say, if you were going to say old and great, whoops, too late. Yeah, yep. no, no, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'll that's be talking to someone yeah. about smithing and swords and stuff from my grave. I, I am quite sure. I'll be on a Ouija board somewhere. somewhere. Distal taper. It's probably going to be my Ouija board. Hey, Tom, I need help. What do I do? More distal taper. I know that. What else do I do? More. See, you need to have like the, the guy in Ireland that had the speaker on his grave. <laughs> Let me out! That's great. You got to have some humor about death. Oh, yeah. I always like the lady who said she would take her bread recipe to the grave or something and they put it on her gravestone. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, let's go. Let's go back to, to yeah. ghosts and yeah, okay. uh, horror movies and yeah. stuff. Uh, Again, we're going to do our top five favorite of the ghost genre. Uh, our own interpretation of that, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, right. guests can go first if you'd yeah. like. I guess we'll just do it the same way. All yeah. right. Um, well, uh, ghost movies uh, are a thing that I have really not been super big on for the most part. There are some that stand out, some that I like. Um, and I, I, this one, my number five, uh, is here on the list because... Uh, there's one scene in the very beginning of the show that is that everyone who has seen it knows about, and it, it's very shocking. And it's actually something that's very close to home with me because I, I have been a sailor for 20 years. And there's that scene in the beginning of Ghost Ship. Oh, my God. Where the cable that cuts everyone. It's, the yep. thing is, oh. this is stuff that can actually happen. <laughs> now, the steel cable, eh, maybe not so much. It's a little bit different. Uh, but, I mean, uh, synthetic mooring line snapback, like the big ropes that the ships right, use yeah. to moor up and what, snapback is a real thing, and it can huh. kill you, and it can mutilate you, huh. and it's horrifying. Every bit as horrifying as that, as that scene in the movie. And, I mean, a steel wire with enough energy behind it, sure. with ships moving up, sure, it could, it could. I'm not sure exactly how you would arrange to make the energy actually happen properly, but, I mean, I saw that, and everything about that scene was completely within the realm of real possibility to me. Uh, I mean, the rest of the movie was good, too. You know, the guy collecting souls for the devil or whatever, you know. <laughs> and, and the whole, uh, the treasure as a, as a lure, you know. And it, was, it, was a, it was just a fun, it was, I enjoyed it. Sure. You know? yeah. It was a good movie. Sure. Um, but that, that opening scene really was what clenched it. I think everyone who's seen that yes. movie would say the same thing. Yeah. Good choice. You stole my choice. That's why I get to go first. Yeah. My number five is kind of a new one. Um, it's on Netflix right now. It's called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, I watched, I wanted to watch it. I heard about it like three years ago and then it just disappeared and all of a sudden it shows up on Netflix. Um, it's about a body that just shows up. And they start doing an autopsy. Brian Cox is in it. Yeah. He's great. And they find all this writing on the inside of her skin. And they have no idea what killed her. And then all the, the house locked down. And then everybody starts dying off. 
and it ends up being... Well, don't spoil it. Okay. Don't Please don't. It. Because this this is a recommendation that people need to see. Yes. yes. Uh, really, this movie's amazing. I literally amazing. just saw it for like the third time. Yeah. Just a don't, couple days Don't give ago. it away, because that's Sorry. like such a good that's such yeah. a good one that people maybe haven't seen. I watched it in like 2017 or so. It was yeah. on like, you had to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and I really, gl- I'm glad I did. That's yeah. such a good choice. Yes. Uh, ghost ship was my ghost ship. Yeah. All right. Wait, just, just, yeah. Fair enough. Well, mine's a real classic that's been on a list of mine in the past, but it's uh, the old Poltergeist. The, the Robert Stack pronunciation again. Poltergeist? Poltergeist with a Polter. D. Uh, amazing movie. Scared me as a kid. Oh, man. There's, there's nothing better. Well, that, that's, that's my number three. The tree th- scared me more than that's this. That's my number three. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But so I'll just jump to yeah. that. I, yeah. Because I agree with you. It's, I mean, I, I loved how it escalated. You know, you start off with just some kind of weird, but innocent, the chairs stacking, yeah. the baby sliding along the floor. It was fun. And then it wasn't. And you really get invested it, in the family, and, too. And the, then, yeah, and the, and the tree. I agree. The right. tree was way more scary than the clown. I had a tree outside my window. Yeah. Too. Yeah. The clown scared me, too. No, the old lady was the scariest. Yeah, she was scary. So I mean, oh. so much that they used her voice talking about other shows that... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The a chicken horrible... scene. Yes. Oh, seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy <laughs> rips his own face off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, horrible. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. But yeah, really, though... Um, one of the scariest movies of all time, in my in my opinion. I think it's in there. It's one of yeah. It's I mean it's just it it really just reached in and hit a, a sensitive spot somewhere in me. It could happen to you. And it it was yeah. It's one of the all time scariest movies ever for me. No totally doubt. agree. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if this would be like considered one of the scariest ones, but as a ghost one. I really, I had to watch this movie for multiple reasons several times, but it's The Sixth Sense. Oh, yes. One of the best M. Night Shyamalan movies, actually, if not the best, right there, one and two. Sure. But, uh, I mean, just, just you know, even in the theater, and I'm one of those that I just, I'm locked onto a movie, you know, I, I don't. Go to the bathroom unless it's a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> because you just cannot hold it. Yeah, you just cannot hold it that long. Um, but well, it's hard uh, to hold your body for six hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I do well. I only go once. But uh, <laughs> I'm a marathon man when it comes to that. Uh, <laughs> shut up, trooper. <laughs> anyway, um, just the fact that I literally only caught half of those clues through that whole movie. Sure. It's amazing. And then, you know, it was the next time I got, you know, another third of what was going on, and then finally, you watch it four or five times, and you're like, okay, you have to keep watching that last scene that he keeps remembering this little bit and this little bit. Yep. Yeah, that movie was and just And some of the, just yeah. the pop-up ghost. I mean, the scariest one was the mom in the apartment. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and it's just that that out of nowhere she just starts yelling at you. It, yeah, it's not like she's trying to harm him or anything, but it's just that out of nowhere that I get that you know you always every once in a while depending on even your house especially you get that shadow in the yes, corner of your do, eye yes. that goes by, yeah. Yeah. and then to actually physically end up seeing it in front of you once, sure. yeah, that's 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 a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. All right. And that was just number five. Oh, yeah. that was number four. That makes us number four now. Yes. Yep. Um, 
uh, as far as ghost movies go, is I don't know. It, it, it's very it was very popular, I think, but um, might be a little bit too popular. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably uh, cheese out on this. I'm gonna say thirteen ghosts. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next one. <laughs> Wow. I think I'm taking Tom's list. So pick Poltergeist next and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. No, but it was but it, you know, I mean, um, it was just, I just enjoyed it. It was almost more like an adventure than a typical ghost right, movie. Right, sure. You know, was, I mean, uh, so, I mean, but I did the crazy house with all the all the gadgets and the idea of the, you know, the, the, the murder ghost and sure. the big ghost at the end. Yeah. I don't know. That's well, a remake that works, I think. I had the works, DVD of it, yeah. and honestly, the backstory of the 13 ghosts were almost just as interesting as the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Because you went back and it told the story of the person before mm. they died and yeah. what they, you know. There's been a movement on on like the on the internet to get, they, they want Netflix to do like a show that's like each of the ghosts. That would be cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, cool. That would be yeah. cool. Like a little mini series. Yeah. 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 Okay, my fourth one is a cop out too. It's The Shining. It's <laughs> classic, you know. Uh, the history of the hotel itself is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's why he picked that hotel, um, you know, as his inspiration for the, the book. The remake, though, I never understood why he had to do the remake. Why he thought enhancing the alcoholism. It's not about ghosts, it's about alcohol. It's like, <laughs> he thought it wasn't a good adaptation. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand why, because I've read the book and I've watched the movie and I think... The Kubrick version is fantastic. It did not need to be remade. I like them both. I don't. I think the Kubrick one's better. Yeah. But I think the other one's worth watching too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Doctor Sleep. I want to read the book. Yes. I haven't got to read the book yet, but I'm really looking forward to the movie because you know it's the story behind it. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Because you're stealing my list. <laughs> Kids, keep your hands to yourselves. Eyes on your own paper. <laughs> Ow. All right, so we're on... Skip me again. I did 13 ghosts, so it's all 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 to you guys. (laughs) Well, my number four is a movie that I watched recently. I don't know if we talked about, but uh, it's a Kevin Bacon vehicle. Oh, yes. Oh, I know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, Story of Echoes. Yes. Mm -hmm. You get to see shirtless Kevin Bacon for an extended period of time, drinking a lot of orange juice. It's a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's got some stuff that doesn't hold up, right. but but what you realize if you watch it now is it's so '90s. It is so '90s. It just feels gross '90s, and I love it. <laughs> so uh, if you want to encounter that, watch. Uh, well, and then they kind of trying to do it like uh, not really a spinoff, but one just like it—the one with Harrison they, they, Ford. They did a remake. Oh no, no, there is actual remake of Sir of Echoes. Okay, I think, but there's or oh, there's a Sir of Echoes too with like. It's not Rob Lowe. It's somebody like that, though. It's totally <laughs> unnecessary. Uh, no, what we're talking about is What Lies Beneath. Yes. A movie that I liked. Saw I it like, in the theater. I like that one. Well, I mean, the, you I know, there's another Ford. one. You know, well, yeah, yeah. Just about anything he does yeah. is good. But, uh, all right. My number four, um, kind of almost a little bit on the same line of The Sixth Sense, is The Others. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one that you just, you don't know what's going on until... You start seeing those clues come up and up and up again, and then it, you finally hear the final, the real story of what's going on, and then you go back and it's like, okay, now that all makes sense. Yep. That, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. The good suspense is always something that's really good in a ghost story. You yeah, know? that's mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that you really look for. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great choice. I watched it a ton when it was new. Yeah. I was obsessed. Well, like for a while. you know, I Nicole said, Kidman, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Nicole Kidman. 
You know, I've I always said. Like <laughs> I do not like Nicole Kidman, but you know, every now and then, every now and then, even even Nicole Kidman doesn't mess things up. <laughs> <laughs> even kinda Blind like, Squirrel uh, can find a nut. He, yeah, that's right. Even yeah. Blind Squirrel finds that now and then, like kind of like uh, Tom Cruise in um, Oblivion. You know, I, I really don't like Tom Cruise, but I did like that movie. And he's an actor that I have to constantly be like, well, I guess he's okay in that. Yeah, he, exactly. I have to admit that he's good, but There's it's weird. One movie, that, <laughs> one movie that I've said that about him, and that was Oblivion. Yeah, she was okay in that. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, you weren't a fan of him in Interview with the Vampire? No, I love that movie. He was too short. His blonde hair. Oh boy, <laughs> Lestat purist over here. Oh, yes. Good lord. We talked about the way on the drive here. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we had like a twenty-minute discussion about seen, Anne Rice. Sidebar: stuff. Have you seen Byzantium? No. You, you must if you like these kinds of movies. You have to see it. Antioch. Yeah, I think it's on my list, but I don't think I've gotten. To it's it a yet. movie about the vampire. Okay. <laughs> well, and that's uh, it's one of the best really modern. Like it. It's one of the best modern, we, but the classical vampire stories. We have I've a vampire aficionado at the table with us, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> yeah you must she see that. Hasn't movie. seen then that's turning in. All right. Yep. Yep. All right. Number three. Well, for me, it was uh, Poltergeist. You know, we've <laughs> talked about that already. Total um, classic, legendary, yeah. absolute classic. Yeah. So. My number three goes a little cheesy. It's an old movie, High Spirits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daryl Hannah, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Goldblum, not no Jeff Goldblum, um, <laughs> the other one from Three Men and a Baby. I lost his name. Uh, Ted Danson? No. The, oh, uh, it's, uh, uh, I know, I can't think of it either. Steve Gutenberg. Gutenberg. It's Gutenberg, yeah. It's Gutenberg, yeah. Yep. yeah. I Steve think of it. Um, a young Liam Nielsen, Nielsen, which I thought was hilarious because he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> which is not normally an adjective you apply to that guy. No. Exactly, he's turned into the, mm-hmm. a certain set of skills, but in this movie he's hilarious. Uh, he'll always be Qui-Gon Jinn for me. <laughs> I know, terrible to admit. Well, three is kind of a... A, a two, a two V. You've got one that's a a good movie and one that's a bad movie, and I'll let you decide for yourself. But it's ones where you know, the ghost isn't the bad guy, so it's not really a horror movie. But I feel they have to be mentioned. Ghost and R.I.P.D. What? Okay, oh, Ghost is the good ghost. movie <laughs> for sure. Yeah. R.I.P.D. is why is it on this list? Yeah, it, oh. it again. It's a it's a fun movie I watched with my fiance, but the sure. idea of ghosts and people who are dead doing things and dealing with you know monstrous things as the protagonist, not as the antagonist. It, I like things that throw it on their head a little. You ever bit. seen? You ever seen Frighteners? Yes, I love that movie. All right. All right. I love that is a every year before my buddy moved to uh, Idaho, we would watch Frighteners and it was like Room Four or something or whatever Four O Nine, thank you, and a couple others. Just it was every Halloween we would get together, sure. we would do that and not hand out candy because I haven't had trick or treaters come to my house in a decade. <laughs> I mean, the RAPD thing always makes me think of the cheesy old TV show Dead and uh, Dead Like Me. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right. That's fine. I'll I'll allow it. I'll allow okay. It. Okay. Yeah. That's why there's like three movies on that list after we talk. <laughs> three for the price of one. Yeah. My number three is a movie that a lot of people didn't like. I think because of the way it was marketed, mm. but it hits a lot of sweet spots for me, and it's a little. Guillermo del Toro film called Crimson Peak. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah. wanted to love yeah. it. I did. I mean, it's <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. 
Nicholson. And you get to see his bare butt. Guillermo del Toro. I love Guillermo del Toro. GDT. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, That that movie I loved from minute one. I loved. I love it. I knew it was a romance. I watched a lot of stuff beforehand. It's like, hey, this is a romance that has some ghosts in it. We we can't hate you for liking Guillermo del Toro movies. That's right. He's he's one of the best. You can't you can't you can't be completely wrong liking one of his movies. That's no right. What. Not That's with right. that attitude, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, that movie is very special to me. It maybe should even be higher on this list, but uh, I I just love that movie so much. Everything about it, it's. It's perfect oh. for me. Uh, it reminds me a lot of like Dark Shadows, which a lot I watched a lot as a kid. Uh, oh man! Uh, did you watch the remake? Yeah, I did not love it. Oh, we didn't. Oh we didn't. <laughs> we didn't need that. No, it was it was bad. <laughs> but yes, Crimson Peak. You should watch it. Yes. My number three Poltergeist. Moving on. <laughs> We've already talked about it several. You know, I mean, you know, it's you know, like one of the quintessential. I I really think though movies. that you know. It says something about just how classic Poltergeist is. Of course. Even if somehow, like, you know, like if the podcast survives and, you know, 100 years down the line, some, you know, uh, a crypto archaeologist or whatever finds it, <laughs> like, what is this Poltergeist movie coming Wow, must be must have been pretty good at the yeah. time. <laughs> you know? Then they'll watch it and be like, these effects are lame. <laughs> They'll watch the remake. Or the remake, which would be much worse. Right. Okay, so uh, we're on, what, two now? Two. Yep. Okay, now we're getting into the ones that I feel are actually ghost movies and good ghost movies for me. The ones that are really strong. Um, And this one um, is one of those movies that uh, you can, you know, say you're smarter than the the guys and I "Ah, would have survived, but only if you were smart right away. And that is Oculus. Okay, cool movie. Because, yes. I mean, you know, uh, you know, when they were kids, they had the murder stuff going on, their parents going crazy and stuff. And, and then, you know, he got taken off to uh, the Looney Bin jail, you mm-hmm. know, and she was raised by the state in therapy and what. And, you know, she tracked the mirror down. And right. you spent years chasing it and, and got the mirror, brought it house. And, and you know, the only way... You really win in this situation is if once you track the mirror down and it's at the antiques place and it's all covered up. Yep. The very first time you walk into a room with it, you 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 make you just walk straight at the mirror and shatter it instantly. Yes. <laughs> and so that's it. That's the only way because once once it activates, once you give it a chance, reality is done for you. You have no idea what's real and what's not anymore. There's no way you can trust your senses or anything. And the idea of, you know, setting up a camera and trying to prove that her brother was innocent, noble and all, but you are not going to win that. Yeah. I think that movie deserves to be seen more. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I really really liked the suspense. I liked the doubt. I loved that you never knew what was really real and what wasn't. I mean, Mm. you know, some things was obvious it wasn't real. You know, but then then there was the parts that were oh this is real this is wait a minute what no maybe that wasn't uh-huh. yeah, yeah I love that about and that's Mike Flanagan right who is doing Doctor Sleep is it I believe it's the same director yeah okay yeah well I want to see that <laughs> yeah yeah because I liked that movie that was good he's done a ton of good things recently right mm-hmm. okay my number two is a Japanese horror movie oh I love this one and it's uh, the reincarnation um, basically this movie crew goes to a hotel. They're going to be shooting a movie in the hotel. One of the actresses is actually a reincarnated soul going back to her murder scene. Mm. 
and all the ghosts from the massacre are still trapped in the hotel, and they start attacking her. I haven't seen this one. No. Oh, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's really, really good. scary. This is a new one. Yeah. Yes, Reincar- the reincarnation. Um, it's I. Uh, I think you got to pay for it, but it is on Amazon for rent. Okay. Cool. I will. Is it is it new or no? No, it's no. It's been a couple years yeah. old. Okay. I think it was 2007, 2009. Oh. I'm down. Let's but do it. The yeah. Japanese are Japanese horror <laughs> films are worthy all in itself. You know? Sure. Yeah. I had definitely had a major phase. Of course, all I wanted to watch. Yeah. Some Juwan and some Ringu and. Some of the other ones. Uh, what was mm-hmm. it? D- Dark Water was that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, a bunch of those. The Audition. Oh, man, Audition. Yeah. You kidding oh. me? Oh, <laughs> that noise. The noise it makes. If there had been any way to shoehorn that in the, into one of these lists, it would have been there. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've told the story in the podcast, but I was in eighth grade and we went to Chicago for a Chicago trip. And I had been getting into horror big time. And I'd been reading like magazines and looking stuff up on the internet. And... Uh, I I kept reading about these movies and I was like I got to get this movie so I got Audition and the original Last House on the Left and I and I du- I double featured it in the same night and everyone in my room was just like I want to die <laughs> that's it why did you do yeah. this we, yeah, oh, yeah, we, no yeah, yeah. It, it was such a good slash terrible double feature <laughs> don't yeah. do that to yourself kids. Yeah. No, totally do it to yourself. I find it hilarious. Oh. Your suffering amuses me. Yes. <laughs> Well, my number two is The Haunting. Which one? The Liam Neeson one in 94. Okay. I watched that when I was younger, so it actually scared me, which my dad thought was hilarious at the time because he was an asshole. But you Was know. it 94, really? I feel like it was a little later. It might have been. I can oh, I'm not trying to call you on dates. No. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I no. don't remember. It's, you know, mid-90s-ish yeah. area, but... Yeah. You know, twenty years ago or right. more. <laughs> yeah, I watched it at the same time, and I was it, it, whatever. If it was nineties, I mean, I was probably twelve or or nine. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I was young, and uh, it scared me. Yeah, yeah. So, just for the factor, it's a movie that actually scared me, and I enjoyed it. And the premise of they're trying to sell you it's a psychological thing, but no, there's actually you know ghosts and evil spirits, and everyone dies in Rockfall. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, so cool. Yep, and it looks beautiful too. Yeah. Just the, the whole house is... The house is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. That's a good choice. All right. Well, my number... We're on number two, right? Yeah. yeah. Number two. My number two is a movie that I want more people to see. I don't know how many people... Hopefully some of you have seen it. Uh, a movie that legitimately frightened me when I watched it. Uh, as an adult. Uh, Lake Mungo. Anybody? I've never even heard of it. No. It is... It is... It affected me for real. Um, oh, Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. I, I believe it's. I want to say it's an Australian movie. Um, Australian movies are weird. They can be for sure. <laughs> There's uh, one called Sleeping Beauty. Really weird. All right. I haven't seen that one. Or Sleeping Beauties. Okay, I'll look it up. Uh, but at Lake Mungo is there's a tragedy and a family member dies, and it's sort of shot like a documentary but then it's not a documentary and then but there's also some found footage where we think the 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 daughter's spirit might be around and you see all this footage but then there's some twists and turns and you don't know what's what and it just has a vibe that i've you've i've never gotten from anything else i watched it at the right time in my life i guess it just it really 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 was great it's very scary yeah if you take it seriously it's it's quite scary so blake mungo Hmm. okay my number two Mine is similar, but not. Mine is The Haunting 
but it's the 1963 yeah. version of ah, the haunting. That's why I asked. So if you if you like the haunting, you'll mm. love this one. Cool. It has just so much more of a like a claustrophobic feel. That to movie's it. all about atmosphere. Yeah, and I mean that's yeah. the scares are not special effects the same, but there are so many scares I think that are more impactful. Yep. In that 1963 version. I prefer it myself, but it, yeah. I like them both. But yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I don't mind the uh, the the newer one, I'll but this one is just check a, it out. Yeah, yeah. There's also a TV show, uh, Netflix show called The Haunting. So, <laughs> The Haunting of Hill House? No, just The Haunting. The Haunting. It's a new one. What's that one? Um, it's a bunch of uh, pseudo real life ghost stories being told. Oh, cool. Hmm. Hmm. I just I, I haven't I, seen I, it. Yeah, I just found it on Netflix. With that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds really good. Okay, number uh, one. Wow, number, number one. Well, um, this is going to be uh, kind of a, a retread back to Ralph McQuill, but uh, this is Guillermo del Toro, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, another Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I think that this is probably the most classic of ghost story type stories, like the type of stories you told around campfires when you were a kid. You know, it's it's such a classic ghost story, and I love it, and it's The Orphanage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that story. What a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the twist ending, the, you know, and I don't want to give things away, but, you know, uh, just the way it the way it plots out, it is classic ghost story all the way around. Beautiful movie. Yeah. Yeah. My number one is a Chinese movie called My Left Eye Sees Ghosts. It's uh, the main actress is a chinese singer in real life she's like number one in hong kong for years now um and she her husband dies and she starts getting attacked by supernatural forces and this ghost shows up claiming to be her old childhood friend and he protects her from the ghosts until they are able to get her safe again and then the real childhood friend shows up um and becomes the the new romance figure so it's not a ghost story in a sense it's more like a redemption uh romance but it's got some scary bits where the ghosts are trying to kill her and stuff like that and they actually almost succeed twice it's a really good movie what was that one called again my left eye sees ghosts my left eye sees ghosts i've never heard of it yeah it's chinese, chinese. film i Picked it up one day and it ended up being a really great. A aficionado of foreign horror films. She's yes, really good at finding good foreign films, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and really sorry, bad ones too. Sure. Considering I'm the one who picked text Derby in 20 centimeters, uh-huh. so like, uh oh, uh oh. I don't know if we can trust your opinion yeah. anymore. Well, you know, with uh, the ups come the downs. Yep. So that you appreciate the ups. Like I said, right. you hear the write ups, and how do you not think that 20 centimeters is a comedy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And yet, it apparently wasn't. No. All right. My number one, it kind of could be, it kind of couldn't. It's a really an interpretation kind of eye of the beholder situation, but Event Horizon. Mm. That's a great movie. It The atmosphere, the premise, the, they sell it as not a horror movie, and then it becomes a dreadful horror movie. <laughs> and frankly, I'm a giant Warhammer 40k fan, so I consider it a prequel to the entire universe, oh, which sure. makes yeah. it amazing to me. Sure. Because Chaos Demons, 
but yeah. ghosts, but not, but who the hell knows? Sam Neill. Yeah, yeah Sam, Sam Neill, who right? dies. Yeah, he's terrifying in that movie. That movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great choice. So I guess you're number one, but hold on. I have this feeling we have the same number one. Uh-oh. I do too. But maybe not. Should you say it the same time we should. together? We should. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. three, two, one, and say it. Three, two, one, and yeah. then once we say one, then say it. Yeah. Not, not right. Three, two, one, say it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Three, three two, two, one. The changeling. changeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. 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 About that one. Number one. Number Hands one Hands down the, the best ghost yeah. movie for yeah. horror. I think, like, for example, Lake Mungo is scarier, uh, but... The Changeling is such a classic. It's like everyone should see The Changeling. It's just beautiful. It kind of has a bit of a... It kind of goes back to Crimson Peak, too. Like, just a a lonely old beautiful house that's falling apart and something's going on, but you don't know what. The Red Ball. The Red Ball, which is in... Isn't that in Others? Don't they rip that off? Yes. Um, I think the writers of Others admitted to ripping off The Changeling. Yeah, they did. Uh, so good. We've talked about it before, but yeah. if you haven't seen The Changeling, get the Blu-ray. It's Do yourself a favor. Amazing movie. Great actor. Oh, George C. Scott. Killing yes. it. With his real-life wife, too. She's in there. I oh, forget, yeah, I that's forget her name. Uh, I forgot her name, but it doesn't matter. It's great. Yeah. You should, everyone should see it. And that's our list. That is our that's list. list. It's the spooky month. Celebrate it. Watch these movies. Let us know if you do. If you've got some ones that we didn't think of, let us know. Put it in the comments. and Yeah. We can Get back take your advice and it's, yeah, and the ghost coming last is kind of good too because I mean, um, is everyone you, know, you want to tell ghost stories and stuff and want to go out with that? And, we can end with yes. a ghost story. Yeah, well, you know, always I was always um, a I don't believe in ghosts type of rational explanation kind of person, but then um, the Coast Guard stationed me uh, in Galveston, Texas. And we lived in a place, and I'm still not going to say, I'm still not the guy that's going to say, hey, what we had were absolutely ghosts, spirits of dead people, whatever. But the only word that I know that really fits what was going on in that apartment was ghost, you know. Um, and the it, and it's really, we had clues from the very beginning, but we just didn't pick it up. Like, you know, when, when the military moves, you, you move all of a sudden. And you go to a new place, you've left your old home behind, it's not your home anymore. You're going to a new place, you're looking for a home, you don't have a home right now. You're homeless, you're living in a hotel, you're trying to figure things out, you know. Um, and, you know, this was uh, 2000, in 2000, so uh, it was the 100th anniversary of the hurricane in 1900 that killed almost everyone on Galveston Island. Uh, lots of people anyway. Um, Around 6,000. Lots of people, yeah. Um, and so there was a big hoopla going on about that. And, uh, so we're looking at the one ads, looking at all the apartment information, you know, we're driving in and we got one place that we're really particularly keyed in on that we think is, you know, all the numbers are right, you know, and, you know, on the drive in, I'm actually kind of even lecturing her and I'm like, all right, listen, look, I, I know this looks great. It doesn't matter how great this apartment is, no matter how good it is. We can't immediately take it right away. We have to at least check out these other places. And make sure, you know, there's not something that fits us better, something that's going to work better for us, you know. We've got to at least look around, right? And the the one thing I think that even people who don't believe in ghosts understand, I think everyone understands this, is empty home feeling. 
You know? Oh, yeah. If right. you come into an apartment or a house and no one's there, no one lives there, it feels different than a house that someone lives in. Even if they're upstairs and they're asleep. It's absolutely true. Right. It's, there's a feeling to that. Well, we walked into this apartment and it did not have empty house feeling. It, it felt like it was already home, like... You know, family was in, just just out of sight, just around the corner, waiting for us to come in. You know, and the uh, there was one big main room that was the kitchen, and then like the living room, and then the bedroom and the bathroom was off to one side. Then on the other side was another bedroom and another bathroom on the on the other side of the bedroom. Um, we got no more than three steps. I kid you not, three steps into the door. And both of us, at the same time, said, great, we'll take it. <laughs> you got Amityville. And, yeah. and the landlord looked at us and said, you would you like to see <laughs> the apartment first? And we're like, yeah, sure, but we'll take it. <laughs> and we had no idea why we even said that. It just, it just felt right. It just snapped out of our mouths. But I tell you what, this place okay, so this was in, rules. This was in July that we got the house. Yeah. So it, apartment it, or apartment. Yeah. Apartment. And we didn't know any of our neighbors yet or anything like that. But at Christmas time, he was on patrol. Uh, so I was alone at the house. I had my cat and she's laying on my belly. We're watching TV. All of a sudden the rocking chair just started. We had a spring loaded rocking chair just started moving all on its own. Nothing was near it. Just started moving <laughs> on its own. And then a couple weeks later, I hear her trackball spinning foom, 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 all by itself. She's pressed up against the headboard <laughs> of the bed going, Mommy, there's something in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, uh, we couldn't keep a clock in the kitchen. No clock in the kitchen would work. As soon as you took it out of the kitchen, it worked fine. Even if it was plugged in in the kitchen, if you brought it out of the kitchen, didn't matter, it was batteries plugged to what? Um. <laughs> There was uh, the room that was my daughter's room for when she visited, because I was divorced from my first wife, and uh, you know our daughter would come to my daughter would come to visit in the summers. Uh, in her room, um, we had a clock radio uh, that would every Sunday morning it would turn on all by itself and start playing some religious Jesus preacher radio show. And it never was super clear; we never really listened to it much. Um, but it was kind of annoying, so he unplugged it. And that did not stop the show from coming on every <laughs> Sunday morning. It was like 10 o'clock or something. Nine. Nine, nine o'clock, yeah. And, um, this, okay, but there is another part of the story. Uh, one day we were driving around at 9 o'clock in the car, and so we thought, well, let's find the radio show. Because we hear it every Sunday, nine, let's nine, find it. Yeah. We couldn't find it. It didn't <laughs> exist. Yeah. And um, then... Our first son, Rowan, was born, and uh, we had the crib. We kept him in our bedroom with us at first. Think most people do, and wake up in the middle. I woke up in the middle of the night, and this was the first thing that one of the first things I definitely, absolutely knew I was experiencing. Like, like the radio show. It's like, well, we just didn't find the radio show. I don't know why. I mean, what do you mean there wasn't batteries in it? Well, there was something in there. You know, for some reason, <laughs> right. I was still explaining all this stuff away at this point. Okay. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I look up the crib, and there are people standing around 
the crib. Nope. And, and I'm all not, around the room. I'm not talking about like just an impression. I'm not talking about something in the side of your vision that you look at and disappears. No. If you and you and him and her were standing in the room in the dark, standing around the crib, looking down at the baby, standing off to the side, watching them look at the baby, that's exactly what it looked like. It was that physical, <laughs> that solid, that three-dimensional. I was like, no thanks. <laughs> but the thing is, is it wasn't that alarming. There was my there there was there was really there was no. I mean, I talk about it now. I'm get, I'm more frightened talking about it now than I was at the time because I woke up. My immediate impression was that's family. It felt like it was family. Mm, yeah, his family was standing around looking at the baby, and I got up and I walked and I walked past. I'm like, oh, they're here. Okay, and I and when I came back, I'm like. And then when I came out, I was like, hey, you know, I woke up to take a look at it, you know. And this was every night. <laughs> For the first, like, six months. Whoa. Every Whoa. single night. But it was not terrifying at all. They felt like family, you know. And, I mean, which really, when you think about it, could be even more terrifying because they're rolling <laughs> into a sense of, you know, letting your guard yeah. down or whatever. But and they're the watching time, you sleep, yeah. by the way. And, but at the time, it was... It was not in any way frightening at all. And, I mean, that place was home, and it was full of family and friends that just happened to be dead or something. I don't know. By this time, we had gotten to know our neighbors a little bit. Everybody we talked to had a ghost story in this apartment building. There were nine apartments. Everyone, yeah. Oh. And somebody, uh, one of our buddies moved up to the third floor, and he had a pool table. Don't ask me how he got the pool table to the third up floor. to the third floor. <laughs> in pieces. It wasn't pleasant. Yeah. But <laughs> Sailors can do anything. Yes. But he had it set up, and balls weren't even on the table. Everything was put away. He swore up and down that every night he would hear them playing a game of pool on his pool table. But every, every apartment had this, and we started talking to people who lived in town. And asking people who live in Galveston if they have ghosts is like asking people in Galveston if they have bread. Because they're actually... <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I the mean, best yeah. one was the ladies at Walmart. They're like, oh, yeah, we can hear... The Walmart was built over... The orphanage that was destroyed during oh the storm. Oh, so you, they said they find toys in the middle of the aisles, and they'd hear kids running around and laughing in the middle of the night when it was quiet. Weird. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> Galveston is, really changed uh, our lives as far as believing in this sort of thing. And we had pet rats. I always liked pet yeah. rats. And uh, we had some pet rats with us. And they have very unique personalities, you know. Um, we had the fat one, Thales, and we had... The, the boss rat uh, Tempest, and then we had the wannabe boss rat who was the little guy, but he, you know, had Napoleon complex with Toski. <laughs> and, you know, like when the boss rat would wrestle the others, he could wrestle both of them down at one time and hold them down. And, you know, they would they would do their little submission thing. Each of them had their own little squeak that means I give up, you know. And I knew each one of them by their sound. I could, you know, very individual. Um, I also knew that. When Toski, um, the, when the, the wannabe boss wrestled the fat boy down, that uh, he would he was kind of mean about it, you know. And Thales would give his little submission squeak, and he would keep holding. He'd squeak again, and like on the third squeak, I sometimes I just yell and say, "Toski, let Thales up!" And they would jump and they'd run around and you know. Um, but several months after they all were dead, um, I was. 
listening to a, a rat wrestling match, <laughs> and I heard Thales' submission squeak, and I heard it again. I was like, that's weird. And I heard it a third time, and I didn't even think about it. it was just I wasn't even thinking about it. I just reacted. I said, Hask, you let him up. And I heard hopping and the jumping around, and I was like, wow. <laughs> that just happened. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I mean, the cage was still there. It was clean, you know, but, I mean... They reacted to me. The sounds reacted to me. They were identical to the sounds my rats made when they were alive. It was, I mean, I don't know what else you want, you know. Um, <laughs> that There's a ghost. Yeah. Um, are... I don't understand, and I really couldn't tell you uh, what happened. Or, I mean, someone tells me that, oh, I was just hallucinating or something. Okay, maybe, I don't know. I can't say, I can't prove that I wasn't, you know. But... It did not happen once. This was, the, those rats were with us every day until we took the cage apart. When we took the cage apart, that's when they stopped. That's wild. Hmm. Yeah. That's wild. But the last thing that happened at the apartment, I'm sorry, but there's one more thing. Um, we were packing up. It was sad. And it was like the day before the movers were coming to get our stuff. And I walk into our bedroom, and there is a man sitting on our bed. So clear, I could tell you the colors in his tweed suit. He stood up, he shook his head at me, and he walked through the wall. <laughs> you got shamed. <laughs> Ghost <laughs> shame. It was, it was, a, sad. It was like a good yeah. time. Uh, like yeah. having you kind of look. I mean, you could definitely feel that uh, air of sadness in the place. Right. Like, if, you're, if you were leaving your family behind... You know, and everyone knew it had to happen, and you know, and you made peace with it, but you had to go. That's what it felt like. Sure. And I mean, honestly, I would move back into that apartment in a heartbeat if it would, you know, provide the the home that I need for my family. Which right now it wouldn't, but you know, like you know, like ten years from now, it was just her and I. And we wanted to live in Galveston, and that apartment was open. I would I would move back into that apartment without any hesitation at all. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we've had, she's had several kind of ghost interaction things outside of Galveston. Um, I've never seen anything outside of Galveston that I would say is concrete and like Galveston was. I mean, I could not deny it. And I can deny a damn lot of stuff. Sure. I can, I can, I can rationalize warming. and explain away and deny every damn thing. But not that. I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But, um. That's as that's as ghost as I've ever known. All right, nice. what a way to celebrate a, the spooky month! Exactly, October. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, Chris, it's been a hell of a thing that we just did. Yes, uh, that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. Now, one last thing, you guys want to promote anything yes. real fast? Either one of you? Oh wow! Um, I just got something I coming mean, up. The, or... the answer is yes. However, narrowing it down to something that won't take four hours more to get through. Yeah. I mean, I would love to. I would love to plug my forge, but you know the problem is, um, I, I, Tom can forge is my forge. But you know the thing is, um, I'm not accepting commissions right now because <laughs> I'm overloaded. I've got two years of backlog oh, stacked up. So, but you know and, what? You know, Keep the name in, in, but, in mind. And, but take know. a look at me on Facebook, uh, Tom can forge. Um, you know, I, I do swords, historical stuff mostly. I did. Uh, I recently did a copy uh, of an antique that I got really good information on, that I believe is the most accurate reproduction of the Thorpe Falchion in the world. Um, and I mean, 
I'm I'm doing swords, you know, and I've got guys come along do knives. Um, oh, okay, no, there's a, if you're in the Alton area, um, in the beginning of the next year, March, um, uh, pay attention to the Jacoby Art Center because I've been talking with a the lady there. It sounds like they're going to have me teaching a uh, basic knife smithing class on the weekends at the Jacoby Art Center in Alton, Illinois. Awesome. And it's T O M K I N. Yeah, K I N D E R, like the first half of kindergarten. Yeah. And or but it's Kinder Tom Chocolate. Kin, yeah. But you take the dirt off the end, and it's Tom Kin. Right. Forge, right. That's how you find it. I want to yeah. make sure people know. Yeah. On Facebook. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, right. uh, so, yeah. Mike? Well, I guess I'll do the hey, same thing. Self promotion. I'm, yeah. Allison Mike Allenson of Allenson Armory. It's more or less spelled the way it sounds, I assume. A L L E N S O N. Um, like Tom, I'm a swordsmith. I do historical reproductions of swords, some knives, but I also delve a little into shields, axes, armor, maces, all kinds of weapons and fun things. <laughs> Stabby things. Yeah. <laughs> throwing axes. I mean, I, I host an axe throwing booth at our local Ren Fair every year, along with our portable forge we take out and our table of product. If it's antique weapons, if it's things before the age of, you know, modern smokeless rifle powder, I'm pretty much interested in it. Awesome. Cool. You got anything? No, I'm good. All right, so well then, wrapping up. hey, look, we got a Twitter, at GeekSinks. Send us some tweets. We want them. We need them. <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook, Nerds, Geeks, and the Kitchen Sink. Uh, and we got us a Gmail nerdsgeeksinks at gmail.com send us whatever you got anything we want it and if you want something with uh, a little bit of logo or a coffee mug or oh yeah remember that we got a red bubble yep it's nerds geeks in the kitchen sink on red bubble get yourself a t-shirt get yourself a mug get yourself a sticker just do it yep. help us out please most importantly interact yeah got some ghost stories or your favorite we would like to monster movies Let's hear it on our Facebook and Twitter. If there's a good one, we'll read it. Yep. We'll talk about it. Absolutely. But that's it for me, DK. That's it for me, Chris. Thank you guys so much. Tom, Mike, you. Terrence. Thank you very much. for having us. Love you guys. Yeah, having us. It was great. It's been really fun. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. We love you. Bye.